Truck Show Podcast live from SEMA 2018, powered by Nissan, featuring the best factory warranty in the industry, five-year, 100,000 miles, and Decked, the premier storage solution for all compact, mid-size, full-size trucks and vans. Live from the SEMA Show in Las Vegas, the Truck Show. Show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. It's the truck show. Your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Holman, are we already on uh, day two? Oh my gosh, podcast? day two of SEMA? Oh, so awesome. I can't wait. We had a, a ton of people coming on the show today, and we're up in the, uh, the Lund booth in the South Hall. So uh, we actually have a little spot to be at, and then we plan on walking around and seeing who we can find. We That's actually had cool. some fans come by on day one, which is kind of weird. That was awesome. I didn't know so many people were listening to the show, so I, I, I sort of feel vindicated now, yeah. right? Are we going to take the escalator? Are we going to no, take this, we're, we're uh, gonna, the stairs? We're taking the stairs We're going to do the stairs? Taking the stairs up into the show right now. And uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good day. So let's go, uh, let's go meet some people. All right. I'm ready. Let's go. Holman, you want to do the honors and introduce our guest? All right. So here we are at the Lund booth here at the uh, 2018 SEMA show. And we hear some shouting down from the gallery below from the show floor. We look down and, and who is it? our friend Brent Hagen from I, Nissan. I thought we were being mocked at first. <laughs> I know, like, why is that guy yelling oh, at us? It turns out it's a friend. He was like, you guys the... suck. You guys suck. I'm like, well, no, we don't. Cheers from the crowd. It actually may have been a little bit of both, honestly. But Awesome, man. Well, you, you brought a couple of, uh, of your uh, compatriots from Nissan with you. I sure did. We're out checking out the floor, seeing what uh, what's out here today, what the trends are, and what we can uh, kind of plagiarize and bring to Nissan. I love that. So uh, you guys may remember. <laughs> plagiarize. <laughs> you guys may remember uh, Brent has been on the show a bunch of times, and he uh, oversees kind of the product plan. Planning for uh, for Nissan Titan Armada and Frontier and Frontier. So yep. he is Nissan's truck guy, <laughs> and so I'm guessing you guys are running around the show trying to figure out what the hot new trends are, colors, wheels, lifts, lights, everything. But you you're exactly setting the right. trends, the trends, my friend. Come on now. <laughs> well, you know OEMs try to set trends for sure, but uh, it is. It's good to come out here and see what are people doing, what are they interested in, what's got the buzz, what's everybody doing, what can we adapt into the OEM, right? What can we, what kernels can we take from the aftermarket and do a little bit better or do uniquely for the OEM? Have you seen anything? that uh, kind of excites you yet? Oh. Or we're pausing now for a photo. Come on, <laughs> Holman. <laughs> well, you got to put it on our social. <laughs> I know, but in the middle of the interview? Yes. <laughs> hey, you need to Honestly. lean in. You're not doing your job. All right. Oh, All right. Okay. There, there we, we go. go. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, there, so it's interesting, the pops of color, right? I mean, you, you go out here and you look, you see a lot of matte grays and stuff. That's been here for a couple of years. But then you see that splash of green. You see a splash of red. You see a splash of orange. The 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 bright, the cherry greds right now, man, they're all over the show right now. Well, now so. we're starting to see, like, the matte bronzes are going away. And now it's, like, yeah. copper. They are. I mean, crazy, like, metallic, high metallic finishes. Yeah, last year was a lot of the, the really bright copper colors. And now you get a ton of variations of the yeah. copper. You get a lot of toned down stuff, a lot of the uh, the good contrast between low gloss and high gloss. So a lot of really interesting stuff so far I've, we've only been here for maybe an hour or so oh you got you got a little ways to go we got a long ways to go <laughs> so i just want to know at what point uh is the titan coming out with the uh we'll call the me the pro four high is a 24 inch lift with uh 40 inch tires and massive train horns under it because i think that's 
Yes, we saw one outside. It had a 26-inch <laughs> wheel with 44, oh, by, 44 by 1950s. I was like, that, that's perfect. We can do that from the factory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's no problem for manufacturing. <laughs> you guys hear, heard it here first, the uh, 2020 <laughs> Nissan Titan. Breaking, there's someone, there's breaking someone back news in the office. SEMA. The Pro someone, someone back in the office going, oh, don't do that, dude. dude. It's the, it's the, it's the uh, uh, Pro 4X SEMA edition. There's somebody in manufacturing, actually, that just had an aneurysm because I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not listening. It's okay. <laughs> so what is SEMA? Uh, to you personally not if you're just as a fan I mean honestly we come both from the OEM side and as a fan obviously we're really interested what are the trends and we come to see you know we, we care we're passionate about our products if anybody believes that the OEM doesn't care and doesn't have people that are passionate that they're completely wrong uh, so we come here person you know partly partially for a professional side another side for personal uh, but I love coming and seeing what the trends are I, I get excited I get stupid excited I'm walking around the candy shop here I mean who couldn't be excited <laughs> coming to SEMA for sure it's too bad that it's not over to the public I mean it's good that it's not because then it would be it completely would be overwhelmed crazy, yeah. it would be the world's largest car show it, it, it already is it already is well it? okay yeah right good point right. <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean honestly that gives us a great opportunity to have some industry meetings to talk you know about business and see you know to forge relationships and see what are the opportunities things that we can bring to market there was a time that um, the OEs didn't really work with aftermarket companies, I mean, right? And, and it's just mm -hmm. now it's you're it's finding different. A, it's like partnerships, completely stuff. different. I yeah, think that started in the off-road market, right? When like uh, let's say a BFG or a, a Bilstein came on board in in like a uh, off-road package, and then that was a, sort of the first time you really saw co-branding. Um, Rancher did it with Ford in their shocks, and I think that sort of opened the floodgates to other things. I know you guys have relationships with a, a number of companies out there, uh, Icon Suspension for one, and Absolutely. General we've got, Tire. We've had you know we've had Rancho shocks in our trucks we have bilsteins now we uh, have an icon accessory lift so the suspension really and tires as you mentioned have been a foundation of that and it streams out and, and a lot of times honestly we have relationships with some of these manufacturers and and um, you know we might buy parts from them or sure. or they might build something specifically for our setup and uh, we might brand it nissan we might brand it their their parts as well and we have a host of accessories that we sell through our channels that are genuine you can get with the truck you can have a, a genuine uh, you know the five-year 100,000 mile bumper to bumper warranty got to make that plug absolutely oh, yeah. we, we always do, <laughs> we do too. <laughs> Good you job. Taking care of that for us. <laughs> thank, yeah, you. thank you. Hey, so um, when's yeah. the last time that you had a, a third party, you know, an, an aftermarket company that were really excited? I mean, genuinely, like called you after the conference call and said, "Hey, thank you very much. We're so pumped to be part of, you know." Nissan to do this. Like, I'm not uh, going to say what manufacturer, but I just had one chasing me through a booth a minute ago. I mean, no, <laughs> literally, really they're chasing us down. Like, we love doing business with you guys. Yeah. Come take a look at this. Come take a look at that. So, and absolutely. I've seen, uh, I've seen a few Titans around, too. Finally starting to see them trickle into the SEMA scene and, and all that. So, that's, that's pretty cool to, to see. You, you, you guys, guys have one in your booth as well, too, right? Absolutely. Oh, we sure do. We have actually two. We have uh, an animal rescue vehicle. Honestly, you know, a lot of the hurricanes and stuff that have been going on, yeah. a lot of people think about the animals that get displaced through that. So, we've got a great vehicle that uh, that we teamed up with. An, uh, you know, there's a guy who, who did that build. Sure. And he's actually using that vehicle to go into some of these uh, uh, disaster areas and actually rescue vehicles. And then we've got our uh, our uh, American Red Cross vehicle there as well. Oh, is that, that's here. That's here. Oh, Both yeah. of them are here. Yeah, we need to go we need see to, We need to see David Page because we were talking about having him on. And, He's uh, over there. All right, on the pet rescue vehicle, what is in that? What does that build look like? A zoo. Uh, <laughs> zoo. <laughs> giant, giant cage with a Nissan. Now, do they sell peanuts? No, they don't sell okay. peanuts. But, but you can. But don't you always get peanuts? No, no, for the, no, for no, the, no, uh, no, no. You're wrong. What, what it is is it's that little red machine. Yeah. You put the quarter in, right? And it comes out with a little cat kibble. Oh, <laughs> do they also have the the big red machine where I can put like a dollar in and I get to squish a penny? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. I one of those. That's yeah. awesome. You know what? It's, it's, it's funny, but we did one a constant vehicle a couple years ago called uh, the Rogue Dog. Is what we call yeah, it. Yeah, you know? I remember that one. And really? man, that was one of our most popular vehicles that we have ever done. What was it? You know the Explain old the, the old uh, well. 
I didn't do it, so I can't explain too much. Okay. It was a rope vehicle <laughs> that was designed to actually, you know, fit your vehicles. It had a ramp that you could get the dog into the back. It had a place for food and water, but you actually use it for, you know, hauling your, your pet around as opposed to just being the, the dog as an afterthought being in the back seat. But uh, it was really interesting, and, and the people, it blew up. And uh, it kind of reminded me of the old uh, trucks, Nissan trucks advertising, dogs love trucks. And yeah. we're reminded of that constantly. I mean, animals and dogs love trucks, and people love to take their dogs with them. Is that truck still in service do you, that you know of? Uh, the Rogue Dog? Yeah. Uh, we've got it probably sitting around somewhere in some warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys do like a Rogue Dog 2 recently, too? I think there, uh, there was a new version of the Rogue Dog. Man. Is this stump the chump here? Oh, I mean, well, we got the, got the Titan guy on here, so. Talk about Titan Frontier. Right, 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 right. Throw, throw those to me, the rogue we'll go, ones. We'll go back. Where's, where'd Trenton go? He's actually our rogue guy. We can oh. pull him back over here. Trenton, did we do a Rogue Dog 2 vehicle? Uh, yes, we did, actually. Okay. So it's, a, it's an evolution of the first Rogue Dog. Okay. How did it change? How did it evolve? So there were some additions added in the back. Oh, uh, step up to the mic there. All right, there we go. All right, here, here we go. Okay, so the first Rogue Dog uh, had quite a few accessories on it, but we went back and kind of redid it again. It wasn't as popular, but the one that most people know about is what is out there now. Yeah. So the, the Rogue Dog kind of took on a dog ramp. It's got a dog wash station in the back. I mean, it's it's incredible. Sounds good. There you go. It's your mic's back. I know. I'm like, where's my mic? <laughs> well, I, had to turn <laughs> what I had to turn his mic up and ours down. All right, all right. Well, that makes sense. Well, hey, do. actually, do you have? I want to control that. Actually, I can turn you Sean can. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can turn oh, no. Sean on. We're gonna turn us off. <laughs> Feel free. Hey, you know it's the Brent Hagen uh, takeover. We'll have a, we'll, <laughs> there we go. We'll go enjoy the show, and he can just Nissan takeover of the truck show. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Brent Hagen takeover. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, coming by, man. So Thanks good to for see having you. me very much. Uh, before I leave, can we do one? Uh, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. All right, all right. I have to clarify. In my mind, when I listen to the pod show, yeah. and I do, I'm a podcast. I do listen to it. Yeah. I have this visual of you guys like kicking your foot up in the air, and high truck, you know, five stars, high oh, five. Oh yeah, we do that all the time. So, here's, so what do you do? Is it, how, how does that, how does the five stars? Well, first of all, I, I, I read a uh, I read an email, right? Uh, which we actually got one this morning, and I figured we wouldn't cover emails, but they basically said, "I I love the show. I can bring it up really quick, and then we can do it." Well, hold on. I want you to explain what just happened when we walked into the metal detector about twenty five minutes ago. Oh, okay. So true story. We were walking through the metal detector. Obviously, we're decked out in the truck show podcast stuff, and the uh, security guard goes, "I love your show. Five stars." I'm like, five stars!" And then look at Jay goes, "That guy said he listens to our show. I don't believe him." But that's how we know if people listen because of the five stars. Five Absolutely, stars. that's that's the co- that's like the code name for. Uh, for but do you guys listening. actually do high five yeah, when you do it? No, we really well, do. I'm waiting for a home to get his. That's the visual uh, I have in my mind always. Is you guys do it? No, we, we are. Leg and, we, you know. we absolutely do. We it. do not fake the funk. No, okay. no. Uh, okay, what are you doing? Either phone here. You're going to record this? No, no. I'm, I'm going to read the email that we oh, received this morning. Got um, it. He says, uh, "Hey guys, this is from uh, Justin. Justin just emailed us. Says, hey guys, just want to say great show. Keep it up. The show's a, the show has a great mix of info, interviews, and laughter. I only started listening, but I've been binge listening to the show while I'm at work, at home, and when I'm always working on my trucks. I've always been a Chevy guy, but it's nice to hear what some of the other companies have. He says, uh, by the way, I want to say, five stars." <laughs> That's how it's done. I had to jump in there. Sorry. Thanks for doing what you do. And uh, and and so that's from Justin from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Love it. Yeah. Right. So all right. So here we go. Here we go. Let's let's, let's get a little more orchestrated. Okay. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Here we go. All right. Never done before. Hold on. Move the mic back. Just okay. One, two, three. Five stars. Oh, I almost knocked my microphone over. That was great. Oh, I'm so happy. We have Brent back more often. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Or I got to come back to Nashville and have some hot chicken. Yes. Absolutely. It's been a while. What about me and my chopped liver over here? You never travel with me. Come on, Lightning. Just invite me. Okay. It's, it's a little bit of your California pompousness. Oh! <laughs> oh I don't know if it jives well in Nashville. Oh, man, I love it. Oh, you're the best. All right, thanks very much, guys. All right, thanks, brother. 
All right, Holman, who are we with? Uh, we got Matt Bean in here from uh, is it Built Right Industries. You got it. All right, Matt, step up a little closer to the microphone. Sure. I apologize, sir. Our it's, table is too short. Yeah, our table is too short. The mics are the right height, but the table's so short you can't Better? get your knees yeah, yeah. underneath. Yeah, that's good. I don't like to complain because Lund set us up with a really awesome. No, we love the Lund booth. We just wish the table was three inches taller. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, you won something yesterday. What did, did you win? I did. The SEMA Launchpad Competition, which is a small business competition meant for kind of younger entrepreneurs, uh, starting businesses or growing businesses, uh, inventors in the uh, auto aftermarket. It was really weird because I get this LinkedIn request, and then I get like a Wells Fargo uh, tracking number, and it was about $10,000 uh, into my... Ac- <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No. Tell me about Launchpad, Holman. You were part of it yesterday. Yes. You were a judge, correct? I was a judge. All right. And tell me about that experience what you did, and then I want to talk about what Matt won. Awesome. Okay, so uh, so as Matt was saying, it's sort of a uh, an entrepreneurial program. Uh, think of it as Shark Tank for uh, young entrepreneurs uh, within the SEMA, I guess, sphere. And it's people who come up with new ideas, and they go into this competition for, is it like $10,000 of seed money? Uh, yeah, $10,000 and a, a number of other things, including a booth for next year. Oh, wow, that's huge, well, by now, the We way. were yeah. talking about that last show, and, yeah. and that is big money. To even yeah. get like mm-hmm. a 10-foot by 10-foot booth here Dude. is in the many, many thousands of dollars. So for yeah. an entrepreneur, that's a big nut. So not, not only that, it's it's a it's a booth, but it's premium placement, which you which you literally can't buy. Yeah, that, um, that's so, oh, because awesome. it takes seniority, right? It exactly. Takes, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to have been here for 10, 12, right, twenty it, years it, to yep. get a good spot. And so this is the sixth year of uh, SEMA Launchpad, and when they started the competition, and again, it's like Shark Tank, so you have five industry judges, uh, and and they are rating, uh, ranking the, the the guys on their presentation, on their marketing plan, on the viability of the product, on how game changing it is, all these different aspects and they're doing it in front of an audience well the first year they did that 30 people yesterday when we did it I believe the theater had like a thousand or something like that oh wow I mean it was it was absolutely packed and uh, we got to see 10 really great products and we all decided together that uh, that Matt's product was the best and uh, I wonder how they whittled it down to 10 because I'm guessing there was quite a few more uh, entries. There were round, oh yeah, there were a ton of rounds. I think there were the entries were in the hundreds or something like that. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know if I ever got a final number on the original entries, but they, uh, the the committee I believe selects fifteen semifinalists, and then we were all out here in June for the SEMA uh, Exhibitor Summit, oh. where we shot a video. It was like a forty-five minute interview. They cut them down to three minutes, and then they distributed those videos on YouTube to us competitors on I think it was September first, and you had a month, and the video that got the greatest number of votes. Uh, excuse me, the top 10 of that program moved on to the finals. So it's kind of a social media exercise. There you go. And uh, what's interesting is it's put together and they have... All of these kids, it's, it's like uh, all of the trade schools that are at SEMA and, and high school kids and, and college kids coming in and watching basically these guys go through the motions of launching a product or a brand or a company uh, and learning both from the SEMA and SEMA executive team as well as those of us in the industry on the judging panel and then learning from these guys. And it's just a fascinating program, a very positive, very interesting, and it was really fun to, to, to meet everybody, see the ideas and kind of get into their head of how they came up with it and what's the problem and did you think about it solving these other problems what could you did you you feel like you were mark cuban a little bit a little bit i think uh, the shark tank judges are a little meaner than we were we were asked to be positive this is a positive thing and and reinforce you know the good about everybody's product and not try and tear it down for entertainment right so you were mark cuban less the surly attitude and the money and the good looks yeah (laughs) but other than that just just like him (laughs) okay so matt what is your company and what is the product? 
Sure. So my company is uh, Built Right Industries, and the product I have a few products. The, we were asked to pitch one product, and so I picked the one that sort of has the most promise traction. Call it what you want. Um, it's a set of steel panels that mount to the inside walls of the bed of a truck, which is a space that is otherwise typically unused um, without modification. So they make model specific. And then those panels have sort of a universal pattern of holes and features that you would mount clamp, clamps, straps, gear, accessories, tools, high lift jack, shovel, rotopax, can. So as you describe this, the first thing is scratching my head thinking, where did my hair go? Second thing is, <laughs> why had no one done this By before? By the way, I found your hair. It's on my back. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, what's cool about this is, again, Cargo Solution products, which are huge at SEMA this year. I think people well, are really decked, getting into that. The line at Decked yeah, is de around the block. Decked, right? obviously, uh, one of our sponsors. So what this does is it, it takes out that kind of uh, scalloped or scooped area above the wheel well or on either side of the wheel well of a pickup truck bed, but uses the factory tie-down. So for on a Ford, for example, would be the box link system. So you use what's existing to bolt these panels down, and then there's a million different accessories for do you want to carry a shovel? Do you want to carry a power tank? Do you want to carry storage bins? A dead body? Sure. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Matt could uh, tell us which clamp we'd use as our several, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Typically, yeah. You, uh, you store those in a roll of carpet, though. So not oh, yeah, yeah I forgot about that. But, yeah. but you could store a roll of carpet. Oh, okay. Yeah, better. So. Okay, roll of carpet. <laughs> so how did that How did that happen? How did you come up with this? And I uh, So I had another product that I started the business with, which is uh, on the backseat of a Ford F-150. There's a latch back there that people don't know about that allows you to fold it down, but you can't reach it. Um, and that's been a problem since 09. So anyway, I, I developed this latch pull, it's called a rear seat release that flips the seat down and there's like space back there to stash things. Anyway, that product had traction and I got to the point where I'm driving to manufacturers picking up pallets of these little brackets. And there was a day when I got to a manufacturer and they would forklift, you know, small business. So I'm just showing up with my own personal truck. They'd forklift a pallet of, of these brackets into the back of my truck. And I opened my tonneau cover and I had just a bunch of crap in there that I had forgotten about from a camping trip. And I had to kind of look like a dummy, moving all that, you know, stuff, muddy, dirty stuff into the back of my truck to make space. And then they put the pallet in there and I saw there's still a ton of extra space that but because of the wheel use, well, yeah. you just can't access. Um, and, and the Ford Boxlink system seemed, that seemed to be kind of what the purpose of that was. Sure. But there just aren't really attachments. There's, yeah, no, there's Ford, no flexibility Ford there. really went all out in designing it, making it strong and stout, but there's not a lot, even the Ford Genuine Accessories, there's not a whole lot for it. I mean, I think specific tasks that are really popular, but for the everyday guy that has a lot of things rolling around in their bed, this is kind of a cool solution to get it off the bed floor and up in the sides. Mm -hmm. I can't picture how it works. The, the system itself? Yeah. Let me, I've got a, I've got a catalog here if you're interested I in I would looking. love it. Can All I right. take a look? I Absolutely. want to try to describe these to our listeners. Set his headphones down. All right. Oh, I see it. He's pointing. What, what is that? That, that sheet that's right there. That, the, there you go. That's okay. what bolts to your truck. All right. So here's oh. the, uh, here's a catalog and that's one of the All right. He's got a catalog. Ones. All right. So this is interesting. So this is a sample panel. It's kind of a grid, right? Right. Yep. And then this guy here, this is a, a rubberized clamp. And there's different versions of that clamp for different sizes and different types of things to, uh, to attach. And, and so the steel panel, the thing I want you to look at while it's in your hand right now, Lightning, is one of the things that impressed me is the quality of workmanship on that. And I really felt like one of the things Matt had over a lot of the other guys is a finished product that could go to sale tomorrow or actually this is now. laser or water jet this is actually cnc punched 
CNC punch. We began laser cutting them, but CNC punch is is super fast as long as you have the right tooling, which right. is a thing we went through. Um, that is as expensive, or I guess the setup would be expensive, but then the per piece is once really you're, once you're moving the per piece is much more economical, which Got makes it. it a product that we can sell at a reasonable price point. So. Is that a quarter inch thick? Eighth inch. Eighth inch. Eighth inch. Yes, but it's really stout. And the, yeah. what is this coating? This black uh, it's textured a, coating. It's a powder coat. It is a powder coat. Yep. Okay, and it looks durable. Really ding resistant. Mm-hmm. And I like even your uh, your built right industries logo Isn't on that here. Cool. And like an anodized tag there. Yeah, anodized uh, aluminum tag here that has even little uh, button head screws holding it in there, polished. This is a really attractive piece. Now, Thank is you. this? Is this a small example? This is a miniature, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm sh- I'm going to show you the catalog. This one that here. I'm holding in my hand is about a t- it's about a foot wide, about uh, ten I don't by twelve. It's ten by thirteen. Ten by thirteen. Okay. Yep. So, what would this look like? This panel, so that, this grid system, look like? Oh, so that's the smaller panel that would fit towards the front of the bed of the F-150 or Raptor. This particular piece. Okay. Uh, these panels are closer to twenty inches by eighteen inches. And those fit towards the rear of the bed. So these are fitting between the uprights, the yeah, supports in the Yeah, basically between right. the wheel well where it ends and the upright of the structure of the bed. Got yeah. it, because I was originally, when you talked about it, I was thinking of one long eight-foot panel no. that was just bolting onto the uprights. That is not. These are small inserts that yeah. go in. And you yeah. can you could probably do your whole side of the bed, or you can do just a section if you wanted to, Yeah, right? so, so I have some people buying just one panel to mount one Rotopax can. Uh, other people, most people are buying a set of four to kind of just really interesting making want. it modular like this so you can you can start with one and as you need more you buy more exactly yeah. when when do you go into uh, production or have you started full scale? I've started production so okay. I actually started selling these just about a calendar year ago okay um, yeah and what's the response been it's been amazing it's been amazing I'm a I'm a Ford F-150 Raptor enthusiast um, and so that was kind of the market that I started with because I have friends that can test you them sure. in Baja and you know whatever yeah um, I've sold over uh, three three thousand nine hundred panels some of them singles, some of them sets. Wow. Um, and people just love it. They, I, I originally just released the pan, the, the panels because I'm kind of a DIY guy. Like, sure. I want to go out and You'll find figure the, out how I to I want to find the clamps, yes. make the brackets, that kind of stuff. And I totally missed the fact that everybody's not like that. Right. It's, you know, it makes sense. But Part of so, growing a new business. Right. So I started posting marketing photos like this. And I immediately was getting calls and emails like, well, that I see the panels, but how, you know, I want, I want the whole, all the stuff. I want it to look like your truck. Exactly, how do I yeah. do that? Exactly right. Yeah, so yeah. I immediately started creating little special brackets and clamps and stuff. And I sell the shovels and I'll be selling the Rotopax cans here pretty smart. soon. So really smart. Yeah. It's people, a lot shop. of people want a full solution. So. What was built right before it was these panels? What, what other products did you have? Uh, that rear seat release that I mentioned okay. with the Ford F-150 is how I started it. So okay. um, that, was a, that was an example of I had the F-150. Uh, I was running another company at the time in the Subaru aftermarket. Um, wow, from Subarus to trucks. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying the truck people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of have, I have a history in off-road with my college. It's SAE a really Baja different program. group of guys. Oh, completely too. different. Yeah. I mean, the Subarus Absolutely. are there super hardcore into it. And from trucks, it's kind of a wider swath of people. You get guys who are really technically inclined and, and really sharp guys. And then you get some country bumpkins that just, <laughs> they want it to work and they don't want to futz with it. They just, you know. Yeah. yeah. And truck people are less militant too. They are. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and anyway, yeah, not, not, not to disparage the uh, Subaru people, but I like the truck no, people No, no, let's disparage the Subaru people. I don't mind. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> they, they definitely that aren't listening. That's true. <laughs> so you've been happy with the response, and yeah. you're going to be out here showing next year. 
So yep. that actually might be a little stressful, to be honest with you. I mean, this yeah, is a big yeah. deal. You can have a lot of eyeballs on you in a different form before you had a panel of people staring at you. Now yep. you just get, now it's up to time for the consumer. Yeah, so go time. Right, yeah. Time to sell. Yeah, so we've got like a small kiosk. They have all of us, the fi 10 finalists, in a little space out in the performance pavilion, uh, which has been fun to have people kind of hunt us down and, and have those conversations. But I'm looking forward to doing the, a, a larger booth and kind of going all out, doing it built be, be, right. Be you know, your deal. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I think really impressed me yesterday with you was uh, the fact that you had talked about um, your marketing plan up front, your mentors that you, uh, that you put together, people to help you get on the right path starting the business. Who were those people? Um, I, a lot of, I mean, honestly, I have, I have a, a small group of, uh, of adults that have mentored me. I actually, I won't get too sappy, but Boy, ten, you are an adult, by the way. Ten, <laughs> stop. You feel like a child, don't you? Only with your damn judgy eyes looking at him. <laughs> you, you might not have said that if I had shaved. He does have a baby face. That's why yeah. he's saying it. People think he's like 19. <laughs> so, um, who are these guys? So uh, actually, 10 years ago, this very day, uh, my father passed away unexpectedly. And he always encouraged my entrepreneurial, inventive kind of uh, spirit. And so I actually, a few years ago, I started this business in his honor. Wow. Um, kind of, he had kind of, when I was 14, they gave he me... He would be so proud. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, and so I have, we have some amazing family friends that have kind of stepped up and, and I think probably saw in me the same things that he saw. Um, so some of them are in private equity, others in, are in business valuation, commercial real estate. Oh, wow. And so I yeah. kind of, it's kind of like a phone a friend. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, it, You're on personal it's unbelievable. It's, so I really, really value So uh, did you that. go, did you go to these guys first and say, I have this cockamamie idea, but I really believe in it. Will you listen to me? Uh, it, it even started sooner than, than built right. It started earlier in my career, you know, five years ago. Uh, I was running this other business and I kind of always just had questions and I'm not, I'm not a guy that's going to pretend to know everything, and I really enjoy talking to people that are experts in different areas. So I would, I would get career advice from them. Um, and kind of along the way, they all sort of, I think, started encouraging me like, hey, you know, you're really good at identifying opportunities kind of no matter what you're doing, where you're doing it. And so they all were sort of like, they were all very careful not to direct me in any path, but they were all kind of nudging me around, helping me understand uh, you know the value Help, that I helping can bring. you to make educated decisions for yourself. Yeah, you know, and I think I think a lot of people in my you know when you're in your late twenties in your career and you've got a job and you're getting a comfortable paycheck and you're starting to take on responsibilities, the idea of starting a company it's is scary. really overwhelming. And I think a lot of the people that have that skill set and can be inventive and in engineering. I mean, I overthink everything. So if I sat if I sat down for another hour, I could have easily talked myself out of the whole deal. Sure, you know, um, so. That's kind of how the whole thing is. Is that happened. a thing, over engineering? Because, all right, so Gail Banks says there's no such thing as over engineering, only under engineering. <laughs> but I tend to do, it's weird, I, I fall on both sides of the fence where you can't make a product too good, but you can delay the release of a product indefinitely. Yeah, so because yeah, you're, you're always chasing better. You're like just you, chasing yeah. better and it never hits market. Now you have the best little paperweight ever created. Right. Right. I call it analysis paralysis. No, that's true. Yeah. That's perfect. And, and I, I, so this has kind of been my like secret sauce, but it's my strategy through everything is this, uh, like I'm like an A minus student. And I think it was my mom was also an engineer and she taught me this too. 100% or perfect is really, really expensive and it takes a really long time. But if you can get something to 92%, 95%, 
a lot of times that's good enough. So, I, you know, I was the kid in class. Good, good enough is not, engineers do not like good enough. Yeah. They, and they're not comfortable with good enough. Business people do sometimes, though. Yes, yeah, they do. No, that's true. I was going to say is <laughs> business true. people and the average Joe. Yeah. Good enough is way, is, is great Average Joe doesn't want to pay for perfect. Right. That's true. Good point. So what's next for BuiltRight? Obviously, you've got other um, applications. you got some of the other trucks coming out yep. soon. Yep. Um, any other products, any other things kind of uh, moving around in your noggin there? Well, and I, don't, let's, I don't want to know. I want him to focus on this product. This won him an award. I want people to <laughs> no, no, go I, I, No, I got a I've, I've known him head full. I've known him since yesterday. I'm, I'm, done. <laughs> I'm done with this product. It won. It served its purpose. You've moved I want, on. I, I've moved on. I want to know I think next. this is fascinating because every guy listening who owns a truck, which is hopefully everyone who's listening. I would hope so. Right? Um, or it's that one Subaru guy who's just pissed. Like, you animals! <laughs> okay, I have some so, Subaru friends, so you guys might pick up a couple of Subaru yeah, subscribers. Yeah, we love Subarus. Sorry all about, of them. Sorry about those emails. <laughs> I, I, I would love it. So tell me. This product right now is available where, right this minute? On our website, BuiltRightEnd or Industries.com. Okay. And do you have uh, social? Uh, yeah, BuiltRightEnd, just about everywhere. Okay. Facebook, Instagram, that sort of stuff. And shut the hell up, Jay. But what's next? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll, we I get 10 emails a day from angry GMC owners and you know, Toyota owners that are looking for the same kind that, of stuff. That would be me. I, a lot of times I suck because I don't provide it yet. Um, but so Don't I, you hate that? They're like It's not just, oh, I would love yeah. to know oh, when you yeah. release it. It's, it's like, you're an asshole. Yes. I hate you, and I want your family to, <laughs> to go Perish. down in a crazy <laughs> blimp. I can't wait for you to become a customer. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of – I've just constantly got product ideas, which is kind of a problem because I tend to not stick with one long enough to turn it into an actual uh, product. But right now, the main thing really is – uh, maturing the business. So I've been doing this out of 2,000 square foot storage units, my basement and my garage. Wow. Wow. Um, and so, and I've been putting off a move as long as I could, knowing that if I had signed up for 1,000 square foot six months ago, I'd be in trouble already. Yeah. Um, but I'm building out a space actually in Connecticut. Right of now. all places. Oh, congrats. Of all places. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll be moving to 4,000 square foot there about a month and a half from now. You say we, who's we? My wife and I. Okay. So you're, t- you're literally <laughs> we'll moving to Connecticut. You're moving the whole family for the business. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, uh, the timing has all come together come together nicely. Uh, I'm, my wife is due on November 14th. Congratulations. <laughs> so thank God I won this. Yeah, right. <laughs> this gets me off the hook a little bit. Oh, How wow. does she feel about this? Was she like, hey, go for it? Or I like you having a day job? Uh, she's totally 100% in. I think she saw me working for somebody else, nine to five, well, you know, nine to eight or whatever kind of thing. And then mad um, scientist that night. And she, yeah, <laughs> she just knew that yeah. she believed in me more than, certainly more than I did to, to get this done. And, and so she's just she's excited that it's actually, so it's a keeper. those are the yeah. good partners. Yeah, she's have. so encouraging. Awesome. It's awesome. This is inspirational, dude. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, Happy. there's got to be a ton of people listening going, that, that could be me. And in fact, uh, if you've got ideas and you want to be a, um, part of SEMA's uh, Launchpad and uh, want to be considered, you can actually uh, sign up and apply to be a part of the SEMA Launchpad on uh, SEMA's website. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I I, there, I think there's probably so many people that could have made it all the way and uh, maybe just talked themselves out of it like I almost did. So I def- it's an amazing program. Well, you also do have something else. You're kind of magnetic as a personality. There are a lot of guys that are really, they're brainiacs and they can come up with solutions, but they're horrible marketers or they just can't. Or socially, they're, they're, they're just they, not. Awkward. Yeah, awkward. Right, and there are a lot of guys Kind of like us. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Oh, thanks, man. Matt. Well, thanks for stopping it. by. Yeah, thanks for the time. All right, have awesome. a great week. Thanks. Holman, yeah. do you want to introduce our guest? Yes. This is my friend, Melanie Helwig-White, who is, I believe she's the boss lady now of Helwig Products, uh, or oh, more, snap. For, more formally, she's the president. Okay. I yes. I mean, president. that's pretty big time. 
50 so we, years we've old had today. Mike on the show before. Yes, you and, have. And he is, uh, he's great. He's very energetic. He is very energetic. Borderline he, spaz. Mm-hmm. No, that's not fair <laughs> yeah. to call him spaz. Yeah, maybe so. No, he ranks lower on the spaz scale than you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's great. And listen, every guy would love to have someone in marketing like like Mike. No. He, yeah, he's great. He, he's solid. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he has the brand running through his veins. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. And he can spot a truck that needs a sway bar 10 miles <laughs> away. It's insane. Yeah. And he he's not afraid to like chase him down. It, he gets borderline obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. but it's good. It's yeah. good you need my product. Yeah, exactly. You and he you over there too. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have him out in the field. Well, I saw him yesterday. And you guys have uh, is it the operator? We do. We have the operator upstairs. Upstairs. So apparently, which he, which Mike loves driving because he's he a little guy and that's a big <laughs> that's truck. A big truck. <laughs> so here's what's funny though. Like that thing with with the is it a. Side by side in the back? Yeah, it's an Arctic cat. Okay, so it is like 10 feet tall, right? It's ridiculously tall. SEMA put up these... It might be bigger than 10. Well, SEMA put up like these like decorative archways on the second floor for people to walk through the hallway. And they had to put the truck in, and he said he had to lower the air pressure to 5 PSI and take the Arctic cat off the top and had like an inch... To cover under their little signage and everything to get it What is it, it look that say? You said F-250, 350? What it's is it? It's a 350. Yeah. 350. Mm-hmm. And it's up on, what, a 12 or 12-inch lift, something like that? I don't no, know. It's, it's not that no? high. Oh, it's not? No. It's it, only high because of the Arctic gas. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, it's like a 6-inch lift on that. So tell me about SEMA for you and, and, and Hellwig. What does SEMA mean to you guys, to you specifically? Well, and you've been in the industry as, a long a, time. Your whole family has been in the automotive well, industry. I, I so I'd know, rather my family be in the industry for a long time because I don't like to see, think of myself as that old. <laughs> <laughs> so thank well, you. Us, us either. <laughs> yeah, We're all in our 20s here. My, it's cool. Um, my great-grandfather and grandfather started the business in 1946, so way before the SEMA show was around. Hey, Jay, you were born in, what, 47? <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I'm going to edit that. No, no, I'm gonna, it's funny. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, <laughs> usually leave it in. Yeah. Um, so they came to the first SEMA show. So when at Dodger was, Stadium? Uh, Dodger Stadium. Yeah. My, gra- my grandfather brought the company here uh, and displayed and has been displaying ever since. So, yeah, it's been... So it, That's a hell of a run. <laughs> now, yeah. when, when you were younger, were you like, Ugh, oh, this, this, I don't get it? Or were you in it from day one? I mean, as a child... So what am I supposed to say here? Because I was the... No. I don't really get no, it. No, that's because that's <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. That's so absolutely fair. Because I can that. see... Yeah. So my sons right now, they're 13 and 16, and they're... Don't ugh, like their dad. Yeah. Dad, like... <laughs> well, no, they love dad, I think. Sure. But they're like, ugh, cars. That's yeah. all he talks about. That's all he cares about. While they're playing and Fortnite have a, or whatever. Dude, that's all they yeah, do is play right. Fortnite. And so I think it's going to come full circle. One of the two. I not both. So but one of them will be like... Well, you know, that's, they how go, that's why you have multiple kids. The light bulb... Yeah, exactly. The light bulb will eventually be illuminated and they'll say oh my gosh what dad was doing was kind of cool I want to be a part of this is that what happened to you it is what happened to me yeah and actually you know what I was uh, I was working at a French gourmet bakery and I was looking to do that's something just like sway bars. <laughs> um, yeah and I really wanted to get try my hand at sales so I started in cold calling oh my gosh that is rough yeah, that's a hard <laughs> that business. is a hard business yeah. but it was the perfect way for me to get started to be like okay it's a grind are you committed confidence to it? building a confidence yeah. building for sure Because you can talk to anybody after you cold call people for sales yes anybody, for sure anywhere and there were times like I'm like you don't need to be that mean I'll just <laughs> leave you alone but <laughs> yeah so you know it worked out uh, that was a perfect way to like you know get started in the industry and then 
coming to SEMA actually was what made me fall in love with the industry. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and How the people. So? The people, like, you guys are all so passionate about what you do. And, I mean, it's fun. We go fast. We take corners fast. You know, all of that stuff is super fun for me. So all of those elements, like, people in their passion and the industry. And, I mean, no one needs our stuff. So it's super fun to be here and sell stuff. Well, that's that, a good point, too, right? Because if you look around... Everything here is optional. It's all stuff yep. to make your vehicle better or different or stand out from the crowd. But the reality is when you go and buy your car, your truck, you or don't, whatever, need, any you don't need any of it because yeah. it'll get you from point A to point B. And that's that's the purpose, except for you include people like us. And that's not the purpose. The point is it's an extension of who we are as people. And we we need all this. Yeah. We all need this. We need it. And then also like what we do, it makes it way more fun yeah. to drive, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't you have one on your Jeep? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. We've got, and I think uh, we need to get one on uh, Lightning's giant truck. Well, we're going to oh, do it yeah, on the next truck. Yeah. We we do need the rear sway bar on the uh, on the monster truck, Yeah, but I it's I, it's going up for sale soon. You keep saying so, that. <laughs> I know. I've like said how that. soon? <laughs> well, I had to remove the wrap. The wrap was kind of a, uh, I liked it and it, it was, it made sense, but it was chrome red and all these crazy colors. Okay. And I didn't think it was appropriate to try to sell it that way. Okay. So we are going to be building something new. And factory, uh, they don't outfit the suspension properly. So I will have to reach out to you for yeah. a Hellwig sway bar. Yeah. yeah. I'll hook you up. Because anytime you you know go up more than 10 inches, you start wagging the rear end well, around. Well, even stock. I mean, stock height mm-hmm. with a camper in the back or loads. I mean, right. a lot of times the manufacturers have certain performance targets and cost targets. And so they'll only go to a certain place that's acceptable. And if your needs, because you haul or tow more or, or larger loads or, or whatever, you're now past that 90th percentile driver and you need that next step. And that's when Melanie's company comes in. Yeah, exactly. And I really, I carry no load in my Jeep Grand Cherokee, but I love to take the corner um, headed <laughs> right. home, the on-ramp. I love to double the speed limit. <laughs> so my sweeper really lie, helps that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, so that, that's difference. what it is. That's that's your new slogan. When you have Hellwig, you can double the speed limit. <laughs> no, I don't think that. Oh, no, yeah, that would be not, not. appropriate. Okay. <laughs> Lawyers yeah. might have something yeah. to say about and, that. L- yeah, let's or the, not. Or the Highway Patrol. Yeah, right. my local authorities don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> she just nodded at me twice, which means that that's really what she wants to say. She just can't officially say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Melody is the bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, now now being here, are, is there anything that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to have that? Or do no, you no, want- no. She's going, that needs my sway bar. That means needs my sway bar. Are you doing that too? Oh my gosh, yes. Because all of these vehicles, they have loads up high, right? Overlanding is super popular. So we're seeing all these like tents on top of trucks. Those are my people. And they don't have my sway bars on it. They just don't know they need it yet. So Mike's going to go around and <laughs> tag them all and make sure that they know. Do so. you guys have like a little card that says we you actually, need a sway bar? Okay, so we have these things that um, they're like tickets. Oh, oh you see the yeah, citation. Okay, yes. like citation is Mike like, was handing those out at King of the Hammer. Yeah, oh, okay. that's right. I remember him telling yeah. the story. He's like, you're busted. They're like, oh, dude. He's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> well, I need a sway bar. Sway bar. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of cool. And a discount. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. That's smart. They look legitimate like like citations. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-oh. I haven't seen one. <laughs> no, they do. Yeah. He's, he pulls them off the pad, just like the Highway Patrol has. Oh, wow. Oh, man. It says California yeah. with a PH, Highway Patrol, you know? <laughs> That's funny. So you're walking around here. Are there any dream rides out here for you? Okay, like, so you know what? I'm actually in the uh, market for a new vehicle. Oh. And 
I drive a diesel Jeep Grand Cherokee. Oh, good one for One of the you. first ones. Oh, one of the first ones. And you know why I, I drive it? Is because of this guy here. So, what? Yeah. Because of you? Yeah. Apparently. Someone does it have here. A, uh, does it have a Banks Derringer on there as well <laughs> not, to make it not, go faster? Not yet. Not oh, yet. Nice plug for your company. Yeah. <laughs> Although you are getting ready to sell it, right? So you can get something I new. Am. And what's the something new or you don't know? I don't know. Well, I kind of know. But you do? Oh, yeah. Well, tell me it's a truck, please. It is a truck. Oh, it oh. is? Yeah. I really want a Raptor. Oh. Yeah. But I'm hearing there's a lot of other trucks coming out, too. Oh, yeah. Like the there Dodge. Might, there might Would be. it be inappropriate, Holman? You're just, I'm going to I'm gonna turn off her headphones. Would it be inappropriate to tell her that it's always cool to see a hot chick in a, in a lifted truck? Yep. That would be <laughs> inappropriate? Okay. Yep. I didn't say that. <laughs> yep. Okay. Totally inappropriate. <laughs> So I've been driving the operator. We had yeah. it at the shop for a while. And then we also Please tell me you take it just to the grocery store to pick up the kids or something. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Totally. It was like my get around. You have like, the, like your kids have the coolest mom ever when yeah. you pull up to the carpool line and yeah. you're, you're like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a new vehicle. Even like I had the Nissan Titan surf camp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so all decked out with surfing stuff. And my daughter's like, dad, take me to school on that. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. She's at the age where she still likes that. She hasn't like totally given up on me yet. She's like, dear God, please yeah. let me walk to school. So I'm not seen with you in that monstrosity. She's at the point where she's like, thinks it's cool. So hopefully she'll stick and that'll, that'll uh, still be the deal. But I can imagine like. My mom had, and my mom listens, so I love you, mom. But she had a. She does, by the yeah. way. Yeah, she she had. A my mom listens too, and she wrote an email last time. Yeah, that email, yeah. she's like, I don't understand anything you're talking about, but I love hearing. But your I love voices. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, so proud of my, you. That's my dad awesome. wrote us an email once too, so yeah. it's, it's funny. So they listen, but she had a a Ford Escort wagon. I think it was like a '81 or '82, the Global Escort. Uh, she had a '84 uh, Toyota Toaster van. <laughs> she had a 92 Toyota Previa, yeah. which was like the coolest thing she's ever owned in terms of transportation. Except, okay, so my mom, when she turned 50, there was a 50th anniversary T-Bird. She'd always wanted a T-Bird. Oh. So her and my dad, they went and got the T-Bird. And my mom's going to kill me for telling the story. So my mom is like the world's most practical, pragmatic, just genuine, amazing human being that is always looking out for other people. Yeah. And this is the one thing, the one freaking thing in her life where we all were smiling for her because she got her convertible yeah, T-Bird. totally. It was the color she wanted. It was the 50th anniversary. It was for her 50th birthday. All that stuff, right? My daughter was born and she's like, all right, on CRV. Oh, no. Yeah. So they, ha How they, they had How long did she have it? Like maybe six months. Oh. So we have pictures of my daughter in the car seat with the, her sunglasses on the top down with, you know, hanging out with my mom. But she just couldn't do it. And no. she lo and nothing against the CRV. She loves the CRV. She has another one. Yeah, like, totally. Nothing against the CRV. CRV sucks. No, for what it is. No, for yeah. what it is. For, for your mom's car, it's fine. So, right. yeah. so anyway, it was like the and one. And when she's hauling your kid around, like, it's fine. Yeah, totally <laughs> fine. So yeah. anyway, my, my parents, they're not car people. So they've never had any, like, Wazoo or Wild Cards. Always Honda Accords and, and Ford Explorers and Toyota minivans and things like that. So it's it's funny that that one car she got, and it's just like she couldn't hang. No. <laughs> yeah. Too practical. Now, do you love the business of Hellwig? Like, I know you love the, the family. Family, the operation, the employees, but do you love the grind of the accounting part of it, or is that fun as well? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think all of that is is really fun, and to be able to influence you have to all oversee, of that, you have to oversee all of it. Yeah. 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 It, it's. <laughs> it seems like it, a big job. But it's a big job, and it. You know, when I was younger, I thought, oh, that'd be so cool to be able to carry on our family yeah, tradition. Absolutely. And then, you know. I, at that same time, I also thought if you ate Kentucky Fried Chicken every day, you didn't get fat. So, like, you know, like both of those. And did things, you have pink hair? And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, like life was very different. Hey, in the Dad, way. I'd love to take over the oh, company. Hold on, hold on a second. Did you have dyed hair? 
I didn't have dyed oh. hair. Did you no. have your denim jacket with like your band patches uh, <laughs> sewn, sewn on it? No, I've never been that cool. What? No. Never? No. You were on a rocker chick? How no. about, were you popping locker? <laughs> no. <laughs> she oh, says, man. oh, yeah, yeah, I was at a breakdancing crew yeah, for five yeah, years. Yeah, totally. yeah, totally. I wish I had that kind of rhythm. <laughs> I, I, de- I definitely don't. I, I've, you've seen me dance. I've seen you dance. It's yeah, not, neither it's of us can good. dance. No. Yeah. It's like no, just it's watching two blobs go down staircases or something. We're just like, nope, just, that's way better, too. Way more coordinated to watch a blob. Yeah, exactly. My son actually has coordination. I'm like, thank God. Someone, <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Okay, yeah. so here's the question I have. You guys have been a family business in California forever, and you guys make your mm-hmm. parts here in the United States. Mm-hmm. You're made in America, made in California. Obviously, the leg- the uh, the uh, regulations have changed. The legislative, you know, uh, employee, all those things that come into being a small business owner. How does that impact carrying on the family legacy of being able to make products in California and in the United States? Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. It, there, it's not without its challenges, but it's hard because we have such great employees and like long ran- employees that have been with us for a really long time. What's the longest? So right. I bet you older than you, right? Yeah. 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 So the... We just had someone retire for, and he made it 41 years. Oh my god! Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So when you That's think about cool. that, like we have all of this like rich history and people that have been with us for so long. So they're really like. They want to see the company do well. Yeah. And that's they're invested what, in it. They're it's, so it's invested. It's their family, too, as mm-hmm. much as it is your family. And I think that's what really helps us, like, deal with all of those, you know, the regulations, the steel tariffs, like, yes. those things. Like, the, right. by having, like, really good people, it helps you weather the storm. How have you fended off the, um, the buyouts? So, for example, we're sitting in Lund right mm-hmm. now. Um, and they've offered us this beautiful booth to do these these uh, interviews in, and they're a company that have that they've purchased other many other brands, Amp Research and all these other. I think do they own Bedrug as well? Is that theirs? Roll and Lock. They've right. got Tano Pro. Um, they've got Bushwhacker. I mean, a, so a, a I can only imagine you've been approached by a larger company, and they say we'd love to buy you. Your heritage. You've got a brand, etc. And then you say, nope, keep it a family. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just easy, though. Is, We're keeping it, it family. But, but is it tough, though, because they throw money at you? Yeah, but the we get to offer so much more, you know, by being us and being able to still connect with our customers. I mean, that's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's the, the right answer. But I know Melanie, and it's it's her truthful answer, too. Yeah. Like, I yeah. know that there's the, it's an amazing family. You guys make amazing products here in the United States and it's getting you know it's getting harder and harder. So being able to keep that manufacturing especially in California, I think is really impressive and yeah, 41 years. I'm not 41. Yeah. You you're definitely that guy who had been there less than, you know, during your whole life, but not me. Why, why, why do you got to come at me like that? Why do you got to come at me like this? Have you guys been spending too much time together? I feel like probably, I'm going probably. to go we're like, a, we're like an angry married couple or yeah, something, like right? Yeah, like mediation. Well, it's like we walk around and there's there's the recorder and we have two microphones and I one know. holds one and one holds the other. And, yep. and like if we... And, it, a, and an attorney stands between us. Yeah. Okay. Well, or we're walking around and like somebody will walk between <laughs> us and get caught up in our microphone and then we have to look at each other and figure out who's going to let go of their microphone <laughs> to let the person go by. And <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a little creepy. Yeah. It's a little weird. But then every once in a while, we have like some moment in the studio where he reads some touching email from a listener, like yeah. stationed on a submarine or something. Yeah. And, oh, and the podcast cool. is what gets him through, you know, these long, dark nights our that new, last a week. Our new listener who just had a baby who's in the NICU said that uh, he and the baby listened to the podcast. And, oh, how sweet. Oh, we have amazing listeners. It's, it's awesome. And then yeah. so we had a moment the other night where we looked at each other and we're like, 
That was special. That was and, then, and then we shaved. We're like, mm, manly, manly. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> what is that in the corner of your eye? What's not? Is, is the ceiling dripping? <laughs> Are you sweaty? Are you, yes, I sweat out of my eyeballs. Yeah. All right, so where do people go if they think that they need a Hellwig product? So you might not think you need a Hellwig product, oh. but you should come check it out. Rephrase. Hellwigproducts.com. So um, our website is a great place to find us. Uh, we post a lot on social media too, Facebook, Instagram, Hellwig Products. I think that is, you, you kind of just touch on a, a lot of guys who tow or have campers or whatever, yeah. they they have an issue with their truck, but they don't know they what don't they know. need. Exactly. Yeah, or, or yeah, they, they feel like, oh, my truck does this. I wanted to do that. But what's the part that makes it better? So you've got to love the eye-opening kind of characteristic of oh, your business. Oh, my gosh. It's they so bolt, much fun. They bolt it on and they go, why didn't I do this two years yeah, ago? Yeah, and everyone, their, their term for it is like night and day. You know, before I had it, like, I didn't know I needed it. And yeah. it is amazing how much it can transform a vehicle. And I think that's the fun part about it, too, is, like, yeah, you transform vehicles all the time by putting our product on it. And yeah. you have uh, applications for every popular pickup truck, SUV. Yep. Everything's covered. Yep, everything's covered. Uh, we even have some car applications, too. So Yeah. yeah. Who cares about cars? Yeah. No, don't care. <laughs> they, they won't catch on. <laughs> but so... <laughs> Oh, Fabulous. you're so great for stopping by. Yeah, we really thank appreciate you guys. It. Yeah. it was fun. Congrats on yeah. all the success, and we're so happy that you're the boss. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I saw that press release go, and I'm like, oh, good for her. Yeah, That's I know. Awesome. You sent me a, a message, so yeah, yeah it's yeah, fun. Cool. Gotta look out for our here. friends, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, have a fun SEMA. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Sell lots of stuff. It. Okay. All right. All right. Talk soon. Oh my gosh, Holman, we are joined by. Uh, Automotive royalty, I think. Uh, I know. I don't know why he's here with us, but uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Someone made an error in the booking and gave us a heavyweight. Oh, uh, that would be me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, good job then. <laughs> Congratulations. And, I appreciate that. And they're awesome. Uh, the awesome PR team over there at Timepiece, uh, who uh, who set this all up for us. So we have at our table upstairs in the Lund booth, kind of in the mezzanine here, Craig Jackson. You are president and CEO of Bear Jackson. Is that correct? Chairman and CEO. Chairman. Chairman. And CEO. Okay. Steve is uh, president. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So I recall being a, a, a child, and my father used to obsess over Barrett-Jackson auctions, but he could never get to. They were always in Scottsdale, correct, yes. for the longest time? Yes, that's where we started. We're still in Scottsdale. It's the biggest one. Okay. And eventually, I remember the day that he made it. He had a 63 Austin Healey convertible yep. and a British Racing Green. And was able to finally get it in Bear Jackson into the auction. And he was the happiest clam I've ever seen. It, it wasn't just, it was selling his baby, but it was being part of the whole, that the ambiance, the, well, the electricity it, it that is Bear like Jackson auction. I remember growing up where you'd see the, the aftermath of Bear Jackson in a, uh, a car magazine. Oh, this car sold for this, or this car sold for that. And as a kid, trying to understand the, the uh, I guess, the secondary market or the collector car market, it was always interesting to see what was going on. But it was sort of like you know this this black magic place that you never saw. But then we started doing working with you guys, and we live stream Motor Trend live stream some of the uh, some of the auctions, and uh, has really become very popular for uh, for viewers. And I don't know some of the auction shows are some of my favorites now. Yeah, we've been on TV since 1996 live. Yeah. Okay. So. It's uh, 22 years of live television. Oh my I, Lord. I love watching everything come across the uh, off, uh, across the block and 
and just the excitement. I've never had a chance to go there, but I always find myself on an idle Sunday flipping through the channels, and then I'll just watch the auction for two or three hours. Craig, how often does it uh, occur where you want to buy the vehicle? Where you're like, oh, wait, hold on. I've got an in. I'm in charge. I can oh, have that vehicle. I don't bid against my customers. There's been <laughs> some cars that uh, customers have bought. I've ended up uh, buying them later. Oh, really? Okay. And... Uh, yeah, there's cars I love there, but uh, that's up for... I have enough cars, as my wife will tell me. Uh, I don't need to bid against my customers. <laughs> how, many, how many cars do you have? 70. Oh, my... That's awesome. That's a museum. It is a museum. Where do you keep them all? Uh, well, I keep 20 at my house, and then I have my sort of man cave where I keep awesome. 45-ish, somewhere like that. Gotcha. Do you, 45. Do, you, do you take them in and out of rotation? So yeah, I, I drive one, so I keep some at the house, 20 at the house, and yeah. then drive one to work, one home. Oh, there you go. And then I have two mechanics that just work on just my personal cars. Sure. Then we have our regular restoration shop, um, which we're building a brand new one right now in Scottsdale, Arizona. I grew up running our restoration shop, and I grew up in the shop. So, you know, people say you're an auctioneer. No, I, I'm a car guy. Yeah. I've worked on cars my entire life uh, from, you know, running an English wheel and rolling fenders and really pick and file. And, you know, I've restored a lot of pre-war classics for great collections, showing them at Pebble Beach. Uh, but my passion is uh, muscle cars. We're restoring. I was just put the engine in the Green Hornet this weekend. I flew to Oklahoma to get the very famous uh, Shelby up and running again on Conleg fuel injection and put wow. the original IRS back underneath it. And so it's been quite a hunt. And we found this very rare Shelby uh, in a field, the little red. So we'll restore it. So next that year. still happens. There's still it really we, we talk about yet. this. Yeah, oh, are yeah there's there still are bottom cars. finds. Wow. There's ones. Yeah, we hunted the car down. The guy didn't know what he owned, but we hunted it down and. Uh, you know, I did a panel here last year with Velocity, and they're yeah. like, do you ever hunt for cars? Are you looking for a car? I was like, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, yeah, right. <laughs> Does it surprise you, Craig, that there still are barn finds to be had? Oh, yeah, especially in the muscle cars. Sure. Uh, you know, there's a lot of cars. I've pulled several out. I bought my ZL1 from the original owner, my Black Hemi Cuda from the original owner. Wow. Uh, I like buying a lot of my cars from the original owners, and the story is pretty similar in the muscle cars. A lot of them, the guys went to Vietnam, came back, and bought a muscle car. The guy that bought Little Red uh, bought it day get back, came back from Vietnam, or day got out of the hospital. So he spent six months after he got back in, oh, geez. in the hospital, and then uh, to treat himself, he wanted to go buy himself a, a Shelby. And uh, well, we, we talk about that, uh, the fact that the truck market is really starting to come on strong, and I think a lot of it is, and we've, we've talked about this on the show, the Chevy C10 short beds are basically gone or too expensive. The F100s are starting to come into their own. The Mopars are coming into their own, but it's because the Mopar cars, the Mustangs, the Camaros, there's not a lot of um, really good deals out there anymore. They're, they're becoming very, very valuable, and I think the last remaining place where you can have that uh, mid-60s or early 60s or early 70s sort of all-American driving experience, V8 rear-wheel drive, is really in the pickup truck market. And it's been popular. We sold like 170 pickups in Vegas. Whoa. Whoa. Um, all different manufacturers from, you know, stock to unbelievable resto mods. And, uh, 
Yeah, I got to admit, I was never really a big pickup fan. Sure. And now I have become more of a fan seeing just how cool some of the trucks are. I grew up in the front seat of a pickup truck. As a shop truck, we had a, a D100 okay. uh, Dodge. So it was a piece of utility for utility you. Utility and, yeah. uh, you know... We've had pickup trucks our whole life. And who knew who knew that they would become a desirable collector item? Well, SUVs in in their entirety, Broncos and Blazers. I mean, selling that Blazer two years ago uh, in Palm Beach, uh, thing rocked the house. What did that bring, Scott? 220? I think it was <laughs> 220. That's a pretty good investment wow, for somebody else. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Toyotas are now coming on. Yeah. Uh, even uh, mini trucks. I don't know if you've seen too many mini trucks well, come we across. We sold them. a 93. Isn't that what we sold in Vegas? Uh, that rocked the house. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the market is going to continually keep moving forward. But what I think is interesting is the X-Geners and the Millennials all grew up not in station wagons, but in SUVs and sure, pickup right. trucks. Absolutely. And so they're going back and looking at what they remember as their youth. A lot of it's trucks and... It's now starting, you're looking 50 years back, it's into the Japanese vehicles, whether it's their pickup trucks or, uh, you know, the market is diversifying and that's what we're seeing. How often do you find a vehicle that you poked fun at at one time, go across the auction block, you're like, really? That that pulled that much money? (laughs) That pulled six figures? I used to to clown those vehicles, you know, those trucks. Uh, Yes, but, you know... (laughs) Cars that we used to make fun of, now actually some of them I've actually ended up buying. So I graduated <laughs> high circle. school yeah. when 77, when the new cars weren't really great cars. But, uh, you know, I just recently acquired an IROC with no miles on it. So there you go. Not a huge horsepower car, but I always liked the way they looked. It was a cool looking car. It was a cool looking yeah. car. So I decided when this car came up, uh, one owner, 500 miles in the wrapper. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, why not? I like it. Why hey, not? Did you know that GM let that trademark go, IROC? And a, a young dude, I think he's in his mid to low to mid 30, uh, 20s, in the San Fernando Valley, bought IROC. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's doing a whole program with it. Fascinating. Wow. I thought, really? GM? He's like, nope, GM bought it. GM licensing didn't do that, huh? Nope. Well, there, there's a lot. I remember uh, when the Ford Fusion came out, they wanted to call it Futura, but a tire company had taken it because they'd let the, the, uh, the name lapse. So from, just, the, from the concept car. Yeah. So you, just, you, never, you never know, you know. It, it, what, what is old again is uh, new these days. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Do you, uh, you own any trucks now that you're fond of? Anything new? Do you like any of the new trucks that are out? Well, we have uh, quite a fleet of uh, new trucks. Uh, we're constantly, because we haul stuff. We own shops. We haul cars. We haul trailers. Uh, so we have quite a few of the uh, new vehicles. What I like uh, to, in my personal collection, I would have a, a Resto Mod Cameo. We've sold oh, some yeah, of those. those cool. There was three of them at one auction. And it's like, man, I just like I could I could see me driving that. <laughs> and just the way they were painted back then, and the uh. two tone, and they're just they're just special. They're really indicative of their era, I think. They are. Is uh. is there any big um, you know? I don't know, next big thing in trucks that you see in the auction market? Is there a direction that people are going, or is that market so diversified anything cool goes at, uh, at Barrett-Jackson? It does. I mean, I've seen stock, bone stock, low mileage C10s just rock the house. Yeah. Especially, as you said, especially step sides. Yes. 
Um, yeah, step sides and short you know, bits. Little reds from Dodge. I mean, mm -hmm. if they're low mileage in the wrapper, um, it, it's all over the board. But you're starting to see the early years of the uh, Japanese pickups starting yeah. to gain some And obviously, speed. you know, those things were driven into the ground, some of them three, four hundred thousand miles, and the resale value just for your daily driver is incredible. So I couldn't even imagine a brand new, low mileage, like uh, 85 fuel-injected SR5 Toyota truck or something like right. that, or, you know, or a Nissan Hardbody, or, or some of those from that era, because they were tough, tough little trucks. And a lot of people, they were their first car. Absolutely, and that's what drives it, you know. You mentioned earlier, are there any cars you cringe at? You know, when, when we sell Pintos for world <laughs> records. But... Has that happened? Oh, yeah. Steve Davis nailed it. He, first car of our Palm Beach auction, baby blue, low mileage car. And Steve goes, that looks exactly like my first car, which that was. His How first funny. new car was a Pinto. And the guy, and it, Steve goes, mark my words, the guy that buys it, it's going to be that that was his first car. Right. Interviewed him after he bought the car, paid $14,000 for it, and uh, sure enough, it was exactly like his first car. <laughs> it's amazing what you... Uh what you're fond of when you get older and the things that you remember. I, I So, you know, the Cherokee XJ is like the beloved Jeep that everybody, you know, everybody covets. Uh, they're still relatively affordable. It was a great size, solid axle, all these things. Have you driven an XJ lately? I, I'm selling one for a, for a family friend and it's just, you idolize these things. Then you drive and you go, kind of a piece of crap <laughs> and, and yeah. but you only remember the good things you remember yeah. the memories i and, have that all the time with american muscle cars go sure. buy one from us and it's been his lifelong dream he goes this thing doesn't stop or steer well <laughs> yeah it does it drives exactly yeah. the way it did that's why people buy resto right mods, exactly right? you know if you want to drive a muscle car you got to remember you know that's the technology and nowadays it's 50 years old technology sure. And, uh, you know, they were made to go fast in a straight line. Yep. Um, you know, you're not buying a Ferrari that was made to turn. You're buying a, an American muscle car with a huge engine in the front, little front end heavy. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you have uh, any personal feelings on the original bone stock versus rust mods? Is, do, you, do you cringe when somebody takes a, a low mileage perfect example apart to build their dream car? Or do you think that's just part of uh, car enthusiasm? You know, most of the resto mods are built out of cars that need a second lease on life. Sure. I've got a 67 F100 that was going to the junkyard that we had to find a new body for and took it down the frame rails, and that thing would have been off the road, hopefully be driving soon. So I totally understand that. Yeah, if you take a six-cylinder Camaro or a six-cylinder Mustang and uh, you resto mod it, I mean, you could start to build a resto mod nowadays. You know, you can go buy a Dynacore body and yeah, you right. don't have to start with a car. Right. Uh, but... It depends, you know, very few guys take very rare cars. Now, I have a 67 Shelby that a guy put a uh, all-aluminum 427 in. He wanted to make sort of a replica of the Super Snake. Mm -hmm. But he did it with Shelby's blessing, and Shelby okay. made the engine for it. So I well, don't consider it sacrilege. Not, not at all, especially if the man behind it made uh, made that decision and he gave just, it a thumbs up. He just upgraded it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was done at Shelby, so I think that's a clean car most people would think but you the guy took the original motor out yeah well he didn't my he, my favorite choice uh, i had a chance to meet him as a young journalist and uh, i was at a knott's berry farm fabulous forge forever one year and i was sitting in the back where the media and the executives have lunch and i look over and it's john coletti from ford special vehicles team sitting with carol 
And I look over and the lady sees me watching and she goes, oh, have you ever met Carol before? I said, no, I've been reading about him my entire life. I can't believe he's sitting right there. She goes, you should go get a picture with him. And I said... Did you freeze up? Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to bother him. She goes, no, 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 you, you don't know. When you come across icons like this, you just don't know how long they're going to be around. You should take advantage of the moment. So sheepishly, they get up from their lunch table and they start walking out. And I said, Mr. Shelby, Mr. Shelby. And he looks over. Yeah? I said, uh, can I get a picture with you? He goes, well, they got me doing this goddamn thing over here. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm sorry to bother you. Well, let's get this thing done. So I have a picture of myself and Carol Shelby at Fabulous Forge Forever. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer or more gracious, but uh, it, was, it was fun to, to meet him. He's wearing his black cowboy hat, and I've got a Ford shirt on. Now, Craig, you've met, like, the, all the big names. Everybody, right? right? Is that something? Now, Carol, we've had at the auction many times. Uh, and that's probably the biggest part of my collection are Shelby's, but... Yeah, over the years, the uh, people that have come through Barrett-Jackson. But I grew up with these guys. My brother was 14 years older than me. Uh, I spent a lot of time at Riverside Raceway, Stardust, oh, yeah. uh, in, here in Vegas. That spot where uh, where Riverside Raceway used to be is a place called Raceway Ford in uh, in Riverside, California now. So um, it's sad to see you know all these awesome old sites and there's something plopped on top of it. Where did you grow up, Craig? I grew up in Scottsdale. You did? Okay. So my brother raced on the West Coast, and uh, you know his best man at his wedding was Phil Hill. They were very good friends. Oh, wow. uh, so Phil used to come stay at our house, and I knew Gurney and Carol and all those guys from back in the day. And uh, you know, for a long time, I think they felt like they were irrelevant, and then all of a sudden they became very relevant again as their cars became icons. Valuable right. again, yeah. Valuable, and I, I think they really enjoyed it. I know Dan did whenever I sure. would talk to him about stuff. Dan was an amazing guy. He was still, when I went to his place, because I own his Cuda that he retired in, went to his place where he built the car, and they're still doing state-of-the-art stuff there, and he had like 80 employees. It was like 80-some years no old. Wow. And building stuff for SpaceX, and just as energized about what he's doing today as what he did back then. That sounds a lot like Gail. So uh, so Jay works for Gail Banks, and so Gail obviously was one of the guys back then hot-rodding things and, and known for turbocharging and all that, and, and Gail goes to work every single he day. He has more energy than yeah. I do, and I'm 30 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Carol was the same way. Carol's favorite expression: "What's your favorite car? The next one." And yeah. you just kept building the next one, and the yeah. next one, and the next one. And I think that's why he lived so long. I mean, he was one of the largest, longest living heart transplant yeah. patients, and uh, he lived life. life. I'll tell you that much. He yeah. lived life. Yeah, yeah, he didn't get cheated on that one. No. <laughs> if you have uh, any advice to somebody who has an old vehicle and they're looking to put it up for auction, is there anything that you, mistakes it, that you see way, made? It, or? Well, hold on a second. I also had a question. It seems scary. You watch the Bear Jackson auctions on TV and you think, I, I'm in Idaho and I could never make it to this auction or I don't have the money or I don't have the, the right vehicle. It feels almost scary and it's probably not that difficult no, to it's get it not. into the auction, uh, right? So, you know, if people want to go to our website, they fill out a preliminary consignment form, and then we call them. And, you know, even though we're selling all the cars at no reserve, we have to sort of have an agreement as to what we think it's worth, what you think it's worth. And if you don't agree with us and you say, no, nope, you're wrong, we're going to sell it anyhow, we document that. Here's about what we think it's worth. And uh, that's your call. Um, now, if we end up with too many of a certain type of car, we'll tell you it's probably not right. Put it in the next auction. Sure. 
Um, you know, other people will tell them it's not worth hauling that car across the country and paying the fees. Right. Sure. So it's about having an honest conversation so that both people end up with the outcome they want. And that's, you know, been our sort of hallmark for all of these years is, you know, honesty and integrity and really describing the cars as what they are. And when you go to consign a car with us, we will sort of put you through the ringer as to understanding exactly what the car is. And uh, that's the only way we can tell you what we think it's going to bid. Absolutely. And within a bracket, but I'm we're, sure you break we're some pretty hearts. close, right? You know, we got to tell people a lot of times their baby's not quite as pretty as they think it is. <laughs> <laughs> or it's not real. Yeah, right. Oh, oh that, that's got to be a, a... How often does that happen? Uh, more often than you want to tell people. Yeah, but wow. uh, we have a team of experts that help us go through the cars. And yep. uh, they're the guys that have the databases and the access. And, and it, uh, has to, it has to be true to the representation. Yes, and it doesn't mean we're here to... Uh, authenticate everybody's car. What right. we're here to do is to make sure that the car card, the description matches the car. Yes. And doesn't mean we won't sell the car. Right. Or, or that you're judging that it's not a numbers matching, because that's okay, too, if it's a nice car. But as long as you're not saying, saying it's, it's numbers authentic. matching, yes. and then when we look at it, we go, that's clearly a, right. a restamp. Sure. Uh, now, you have to change your value, yep. and you have to... Uh, change the car card, put it in the auction, and sell it as what it is. Right. Mm, right. Gotcha. Well, thanks so much for uh, making the time to come join us on the Truck Show podcast today. Oh, thank you. If people want to reach out, it's BarrettJackson.com? Barrett-Jackson.com, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, hyphen, Jackson. And uh, then uh, social, do you guys have Facebook and Facebook, Instagram? we have everything. Okay. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're on top of everything. We have been for quite a while and uh, very interactive. So if you have questions, ask us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, last question is, when you started off, you know, you were turning wrenches. You were, you were, you know, you were fabricator, mechanic, like said, in your youth. Looking back now, are you surprised at where your organization has? Oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think what really changed is multimedia and, and, you know, not just advertising. When I took over, I said, you know, we're going to be the last buggy whip maker. If we keep selling the same kind of cars to the same guys that are in their 70s, they're going right, to be their 80s, right. their 90s, and then they're gone. You got to keep evolving and you got to bring in new people into the hobby. And part of that is bringing them in and letting them, you know, Barrett Jacks is not just an auction, it's a lifestyle and it's very social. And uh, people, once they get a taste of it, really love it. But you got to bring them in and indoctrinate them in the right way so that they uh, love it. And that is what really has grown in and has blown my mind as it keeps growing. I'm guessing your employees have all drank the Kool-Aid, right? They love it. <laughs> they, they, they have to, We're right? a staff of 68. Now, that includes the shop and operations and computer programming and social media and all the aspects, sure. bidders, consigners, sponsorships, vendors, and we do it almost all in-house. Well, now that we are uh, all uh, Discovery Velocity Motor Trend and one happy family and, and working with you guys, I, we got to get the show out there and, and do some truck coverage from Barrett-Jackson. I'd, I'd love, love to, to get out there and, uh, and do some stuff live and, and see it in person finally. I've only been in this industry like 25 years and I've never been to Barrett-Jackson. <laughs> so inexcusable. Inexcusable, I, I, yeah. my friend. All right, we're there. I'll All take right. the road trip. Let's do it. Road trip right. to Scottsdale. All right. All right. Thank Great. you. Come so join us. I right, appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Holman, who do we have sitting at our table up above the Lund booth? The Lund booth at SEMA? Yes. 
The SEMA booth at Lund? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got Kevin Stearns, and uh, he has a uh, storied history in the automotive industry. It, it, well, a storied history? I don't Is know. Is it dirty? You, should, you should ask him about it. Maybe he'll tell us. Okay. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, great show. He's a listener. Yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, really? From, like, I, episode three. I've heard a few of them. Now, are, of them. There, are there any that you dis- disliked? Because we need to know. Oh, no, no. Actually, You're lying. No. <laughs> you, you looked right into my eyes and lied. What? Come on. No, actually, I, I thoroughly they're, enjoyed they're it. They're okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, you can only listen to you know the radio for so long before you get bored. And, right. You know, if I can get a, a kick out of radio and get some educational bits and learn more about the industry, like, hey, it's, it's a win-win. All right, so what's your favorite episode so far? Oh, um... I really like, you know, I grew up in the, in the early 90s with, uh, you know, Spring Splash and the mini truck show. Oh, right on. It goes back so, to mini trucking. Um, I grew up in Havasu, so. Uh, you grew up in Havasu? I did. And you didn't yeah. die of meth and you have all your teeth. This I, is unusual. I escaped. And yes, <laughs> not very many people know that about that town. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's not a destination town. It's a it's a. Uh, it's a jumping vacation. off point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, there's a lot of kids get uh, messed up because there's not a lot to do there, right? So you're just bored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, get in trouble. In, a lot of heat in the summertime. You're either inside uh, in the air conditioning or in the lake trying to cool off. And um, yeah, there's just not a lot going on there in the winter months. So yeah, drugs are a bad thing there. And uh, drugs um, bad. Drugs okay. are bad. Yeah, and, and, and so I was I was able to jump off and and, and get out of there and. Um, what so, took you out of town? Um, work? No. Girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. That's fine. Yeah. Own up to yeah. it. It's good. No, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly. You it. know what? There are a lot of girls that chase dudes everywhere, and you chased a girl or no, went with her. No, no, I, I uh, actually the opposite. I, uh, I, I you left. Her. You left to get away. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into the details. I know. Uh, I'm not trying to pry. Yeah, we just yeah. met. It's all good. It no, sounds hey, like I'm, a good story. I'm a pretty open guy. Um, no, so, uh, you know, this is, you know, just out of high school. Um, you know, thought that uh, I had my life all planned out for me and uh, had the opportunity to uh, to split off from, you know, you got that, that core group of friends in high school that you, you grow up with and you yep. think that those are your limitations. And, I always wanted more, and I always wanted. To, I always had that drive to to move forward in life, and it seemed like they were becoming stagnant and, and doing the same. And you know, if you do the same thing, that's expect different results. That's the definition of crazy, right? Right. And, so. and, and now today, you're running companies. You own a company. You've been uh, you've been on Ultimate Adventure with our our friends. Yeah. Oh, Hazel no kidding. Those yeah. Fred Williams and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, in 2006, I started a, a business, uh, Pacific Fabrication, um, building hot rods and doing installs. And well, what was kits. your what was your background before that? How did you learn how to fabricate? Oh, so if we if we rewind the track all the way back to Havasu, um, I, I've always been an auto enthusiast. Uh, you know, I had a 88 Toyota short bed, regular cab, nice. body drop, tucking 14 inch welds. Yeah. Uh, or 15 inch welds, uh, which was a huge <laughs> wheel back then, right? It was. We just yeah. saw a 30 today. I remember when I had 14s, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I got 14. Right. No, yeah, 17, 17, yeah, 17. Yeah, Fit a Poldy, 17s. Oh, Fitty, Fitty Indies. You know, it was funny because 17s came out on the boat trailers before we could get them for trucks. trucks so we yeah. like pull them off of boat trailers and put them on our, on our mini trucks. So. Got it. Um, and and I, I I ran the full gamut when I was you know uh, really really into it. My uh, 
sister's uh, boyfriend at the time worked for Magic Boats there, and he was a lamb guy. So I got into fiberglass, and he taught me about building engines, and he was a, a good mentor to me. Um, and I took that, and I actually worked for uh, LC Engineering mm-hmm. um, yeah. out of Havasu. They're Toyota specialists, and uh, learned how to run a lathe. Are they still around? I believe they are. Yeah, believe it or not. So, Crazy. And we did some R and D on my truck back then. At first, it was a pre runner because you know living in the desert. And then I got into the lowrider scene with the the car shows. Yeah. And you know we go to Vegas Council, yeah. the truck clubs, and truck were, were you in a club? We used to go out to have a. Uh, yeah, I was in a, a, a truck club called Pure Energy. Pure Energy yeah. sounds like energy drink, doesn't it? No, that sounds like a bad dance song. Pure it, Energy. It was uh, like uh, you know, it was like we'd hand paint the logos on the car. It was like a, a square or a circle and a triangle, kind of overlapping <laughs> in different pastel colors, yeah. right? Um, so that's it, what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, you know, it was it was body drops and walkthroughs and big See, stereos. I swear, every time we talk about a mini truck. Your number one question is, did that walk through? Because oh, yeah. walkthroughs were the thing, man. I love walkthroughs. <laughs> I never had a walkthrough, but I was the first guy in my club to commit to, you know, in 88, this is like 95 or 6, and I'm cutting the floor out of my truck, right? Yeah. Like, all right, I got to get lower than the next guy. I got to tuck hub, right? Yeah, and tuck the, and hub. Um, By it, the way, tuck and hub. Tuck and hub. Opening up for, uh, you know. Yeah, Coachella. <laughs> the new Coachella, band, yeah. Yep. Coachella. So, um, but, uh, you know, back then it was, it was, you know, doing a body drop was like unheard of. You know, it was like chopping channeling a hot yeah. rod from the 50s or 60s, right? Gotcha. And so I kind of. I was always kind of the guy in my club that was willing to go a little bit further and, and do something a little bit crazier. Um, and I was a function guy too. Like, so I wanted to be low. I wanted to have that good looking car. Um, but I also wasn't going to let, you know, let myself scrape the, the reflectors off the middle of the road. So that was my favorite part. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted some ride quality. And so if you body drop the truck, you still yeah. kept a little bit of ride quality. Absolutely. So, um, I moved on from that. Um, and, uh, you know, worked for, you know, I worked for Chrysler for a little while. I worked for Pennzoil. Um, and then I ended up uh, making a big transition and uh, going to the Bay Area uh, in about 1999. Very different so, than Havasu. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Just so, a little. You know, it, that was kind of one of these things where my roommate, I'd, I'd moved from Havasu to Phoenix to kind of get out of the, the, the scene I was in in Havasu, which wasn't a good scene. And, uh, um, you know, my, my uh, future, my prospects weren't, weren't looking real hot. And uh, so I, I moved to Phoenix, and Phoenix is a big concrete jungle, and uh, it's hot there too. And uh, my, my roommate uh, was really into computers. I could barely turn one on. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was working for a big dot-com company, and they took him and moved him to the Bay Area, like, overnight during this dot-com boom. Like, you know, I don't even know what a dot-com boom is, right? I'm still... <laughs> but my right, friend is gone. Um, right. And so, but I, I'm, I'm very engineering-minded. I was, you know, at the time uh, modeling a lot of things and, and real modeling. You don't not, look like a model. Well, not not clothing or style, <laughs> but, but suspension modeling. Well, okay, gotcha. Although uh, I hear there's that one picture because Holman and I laying on the hood of uh, White Snake's yeah. car. Holman, oh, yeah. White Snake's car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holman, are, Holman and I are husky models. Oh yeah, yeah. Speak yeah. for yourself, I, big boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I ended up getting uh, get getting a chance to go and, and hang out with him and. Uh, he uh, up in the Bay Area, uh, San Jose, San Francisco area, and man, it was it was huge culture shock. I, I came from you know, the desert, and they, don't they say uh, uh, go, go live in New York long enough before it makes you hard, and uh, live in the Bay Area, but make, leave before it makes you soft? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. 
Well, it, I almost left within the first month. The first 30 days, Whoa, I was yeah. like, I, the diversity was very strange to me, um, but it, I saw opportunity, and, and opportunity I didn't have in, in other places. So, um, you know, I, I started out there um, trying to go back to work for Pennzoil, and I ended up uh, managing a Jiffy Loop for a year, and then uh, kind of bounced around and, and saw the, the areas and, and different shops, and uh, I ended up working for a shop uh, for about five or six years after that that was uh, called Speed Merchant. Um, and uh, ended up becoming their head fabricator. I feel like I've heard of Speed Merchant. They're they're really they're they've been around for a long time. They're they're not in business anymore, but hot rods, muscle cars, uh, that type of thing. Um, and so I started working for them. I had five or six years building some pro touring cars, and you know getting into fuel injection and cutting my teeth and learning about tune ports and really starting to learning engine platforms. And uh, there was a guy there that really mentored me. Uh, his name's Paul Casalis. And he, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and said, you know, hey, you know, you're kind of a breed that isn't around as much. Shout anymore. out to the mentors, yeah. though, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had a yeah. lot of people so. who are successful at SEMA that we've talked to who are like, I've been mentored, whether it was a family member, a family friend, somebody in the industry, a lot of people who... who There's have, only so much you can learn in school. You have to yeah. find someone who's been there and done it, you know? Someone who's got wrinkles that can yeah, share yeah, with you. Absolutely. I, and, and that's just the thing, is I was never a school guy. I, I need challenge. I need yeah. to be... Uh, I need chaos in my life to, <laughs> to be... To feel right, and sure. to feel like I'm doing the right things. And so... During my time there, I learned quite a bit. Picked up welding, learned you know, bought a TIG welder, learned how to TIG weld, um, and then I really got into the engine stuff. And, and uh, so at the time, the the LS engine package was oh, yeah. brand new. We're talking 97, 98. And is it hard to believe that there was a time when LS was, was brand new, new and nobody yeah. knew about it? it right? Seems like it's been forever. <laughs> yeah. And, and I and I and I was a head fabricator for uh, the premier shop in the Bay Area, right? As far as being, you know, engine related and dyno, and I was learning to run the dyno, and I, I could not get these guys to turn on to the LS. And so I was looking at the platform, I was looking at the potentials, um, and I just really liked everything about it. And uh, so I ended up doing my first LS swap while I worked for them, um, and once I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. You know, this is, this, everybody's Was that help. validation for yourself because you're like, I did it and everything works? Well, it's kind of funny. I got the job there in the first place because I was working for a restoration shop in Oakland and uh, I had a, a K5 Blazer, a full size, 83, pristine, pristine Blazer. And it's got a, a backstory and I hope we have enough time that I can tell you about <laughs> it. Um, the, the, what I had done there, I had bought that and I had, uh, put a, a TPI engine from a, a Camaro in it, right? Okay. And so the it was a, a factory diesel blazer, so it had oh, yeah. it had a California smog exempt title. Yeah. Yep. And then the guy that I got it from had put a big block in it, a fuel injected big block, uh, TBI. Yep. And so it had this diesel harness, a, a TBI harness <laughs> in it, and then I put a, I threw a, a, a TPI harness in it. And so uh, this is prior to cutting my teeth and, and learning about it, and I my wife, you know, it's rainy in the winter and cold, and, you know, I'm riding a street bike to Oakland about an hour away. Oh, and, man. Um, and she's like, man, you got to get this thing fixed. Just take it to a shop. So I, I found the shop speed merchant. I took the blazer there, and I dropped it off, and I said, hey, I got the engine in. Trans everything's hooked up. I just need a little help with the wiring. Uh, fuel system's plumbed, and it was just a gas can and the battery tray. <laughs> with the but it, it was just like, hey, I got to get this thing up yeah, and running. It was, yeah, a, yeah. it was a crate engine sitting in a truck. In a crate. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so... Uh, you know, a couple weeks went by, a month went by, 
Um, you know, it's getting colder and rainier. And uh, so I stopped in one day to see how they were doing on the project. And uh, they, it was no one had touched it, was, it. It was growing cobwebs. And uh, so they, they admitted to me, they're like, ah, we're in a little bit over our heads on it. And so I got the Chilton's manual for a Camaro and a Chilton's manual for the, the Blazer. And oh, man. I showed up there one day and I said, I got to get this thing home. I didn't have any money, right? I was putting my wife through her master's degree in, in college. And uh, uh, we weren't married quite yet. We were just dating. So at the time, funding was a, a, was a thing too. So uh, the guy was very gracious. He said, hey, if you think you can figure it out. And so I spent you know, a couple afternoons there, got the thing fired up, drove it home with a gas can, the gas under the hood on the battery tray and strapped oh, down. And, uh, so that kind of got the gears turning. Well, you know, a couple weeks later, they call me up and say, hey, you, wanna, you want a job? No <laughs> so, kidding. Yeah, so I went there and, and, and so. Amazing how doors will just open like that, right? If you're talented. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So after that, uh, you know, I really got, after I did this, this first LS swap, I did it in a, in a K30 uh, dually, and it wasn't even an LS, it was an 8.1, it was a big block, right? Which is awesome, by the so, way. So, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, print out every all data sheet, you know, and follow the wiring and, you know, hey, I do need this, I don't need that, and a little bit of trial and error. And all of a sudden, I had this truck that was just a beast, right? You know, uh, I can't um, do that. I look at wiring diagrams and schematics, and I just, I'll do like, just glaze over. I'll do like the first page, sure. and then I'll sweat a lot, yeah. and then I'll procrastinate. <laughs> and about three weeks later, I'll go back to it and I'll just start crying. Sure. <laughs> oh, you cry? In my garage on my little craftsman stool with my head held low, just <laughs> just sad and I go, what, do what have I done? Why haven't I learned maybe, anything? Maybe I should take it to Banks. So, so <laughs> oh, that's how it went down. That's how we got your truck in our in our shop. Oh, great! Uh, subsequently, after that, uh, you know, I I got a lot of attention for that. I still couldn't get the the speed shop there I was working for to bite on to this concept of this is what's new and this is what's next. And they were into, hey, we can sell them an intake manifold and, and a throttle body and these fuel rails and this injector and this fast ECU and yeah. you know we're going to make our money that way. And so I kind of broke off from that, and uh, I uh, I'd saved up about fifteen hundred bucks, which was enough rent for my first half a month of rent. Oh my god! At, at a shop, and so my wife kind of put her foot down too. She I was building, I was moonlighting as well, right? So there's my entrepreneurial. Yeah. So I had customers uh, from you know over the years of working in the Bay Area that you would say, hey, would you? do this in my, at your house. Sure. So uh, I was building a Concourse winning Z, a, a Tri-5 Chevy uh, in my garage. And then in the back, I had easy ups. Holy man. Wow. So I was working, you know, the nine to five, commuting an hour both ways each day. When did you sleep? Well, so then I was working till, you know, two o'clock On the, the freeway. Morning. He would sleep yeah. on the freeway. Oh, I've been that so, guy. <laughs> so, and so she said, I want my husband back. You either do your own thing or you work for these people. You know what's awesome so. about that though? She said, do your own thing as an option. Oh, yeah, like totally. that's a solid wife right there. Yeah, it wasn't, is. you oh. need to go work for somebody and get benefits yeah. and all this. It was, if, go be happy so I'm happy. Right. Right. And, and if your wife or your partner in life doesn't, you know, there's all kinds of people sure, out there. Sure, absolutely. So if, if they're not those people, maybe you need to look for somebody else because yeah. she's probably the number one driving force behind our success is her supporting me. Um, and, and, and it reciprocates, right? Yeah. I was putting her through college. And, yep. But that's um, what you do when you're in a partnership. Like yeah, that, right? absolutely. You take care of each other. Absolutely. So... Um, I rented a shop for 1500 bucks uh, for the first half a month and <laughs> was hoping I would make enough money make to enough, pay the second half. Right. So I started Pacific Fab as a, I wanted to be an R&D facility, right? I wanted to research, design product, uh, and bring them to market, but I had no funding, right? And I had people, clients that were really behind me and they wanted to, 
here, let, let me give you a loan. You know? Yeah. But I, I didn't have the confidence at that point to say, yeah, no, give me money and sure, I'll do Sure, take their so, money, yeah. Uh, and and I, my mentality about that is I'll just pay my dues and get where I'm going, right? So here we are, it's 15 years later since I started that shop and uh, I, I rented a, a location in Morgan Hill, California for eight years. Uh, and then uh, a little over five years ago, I bought a building in Gilroy. Wow, man. Congrats. Yes. Building. So, awesome. Um, which everybody thought I was insane because it's it's not on the main drag. Um, but it's, it's yours. Well, and it, but it's a super nice facility. It's modern. Um, and and uh, the, the, the cool part about it was... I bought it at the bottom of the market. Yep. You know, the, the market falls. And the market up there is insane. Morgan yeah. Hill, yeah. big Whoa, money up Gilroy, there. which is just oh, Gilroy, south yeah. Of, yeah. Well, Gilroy's garlic. awesome. Yeah. Except it smells like garlic all the time. All, yeah? And, which I love garlic, and, but... <laughs> and next door, I mean, like, literally almost joining my building is Silva Sausage. So we get, oh. they're smoking sausage <laughs> daily. Do they right? ever bring sausage over for lunch? Oh, man, I'm so sausaged out. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even funny. Oh, my God, it's awesome. Um, so... Uh, you know, we we got some great attention. We started uh, getting some some great uh, partnerships. We, uh, um, you know, BDS Suspensions, one of uh, my race car sponsors uh, and a partner that I've partnered with since 2009. I went on the uh, 09 Ultimate Adventure with yeah. uh, Payway and Fred and um, I, I that Blazer that I talked about with the Tomb Port in yeah. it, right? So subsequently, in that time period, it went from near mint show quality truck interior everything to having uh, uh, being a trail rig you know <laughs> so rock sliders and yeah. Dana 60s and 14 bolts yep. and it got it's got its first LS1 and then it got a 6 liter with a cam and then it turned into my race truck okay and I raced this in Best in the Desert um, we three linked it four that's linked crazy. it that's crazy um, did uh, fiberglass fenders on it and everything um, and then like uh, 2009 and 10 uh, I raced it in King of the Hammers um, and then rebuilt it again in 2011. We almost won. Jesse Haynes got us, uh, uh, but we almost won with a full-size Blazer, which yeah. was super full frame awesome. vehicle. Full oh, frame macro, vehicle, which right? is that's that's yeah. huge for that. Big girl, big yeah. girl. So, yeah. um, but uh, uh, lose a little bit of track. But anyway, so the the things started. I took that truck, fiber, full fiberglass, in, in 09 on the Ultimate Adventure, fiberglass bed size, tube chassis, but still frame rails and everything. Um, and had, had, a, had a ball and wanted to get back into that. And I did that as a reader, right? Yeah. Um, I had met uh, the guys at Sport Truck BDS then and uh, just a super solid yeah, crew there. Carter and the team. Uh, Mike Maloney, Mike, Carter. Yeah. yeah, those guys. They uh, and, and, you know, Mike kind of took me under his wing and uh, showed me a little bit about the industry and stuff. And, uh, you know, subsequently, a few years later, uh, they said, hey, we want you to build us an Ultimate Adventure truck. So I took oh, a... Wow. Uh, which one did you build? So the first one I built for them was the 2011 Crawlerado. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, the Crawlerado. So Crawlerado. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Crawlerado. Okay. Um, and uh, so that was, uh, I bought a 2011 with 7,000 miles on it, uh, alpha version. So and I, I know a they had a hell of a lot of fun with that yeah. thing, too. So, so 5.3, and uh, they gave, they got me, uh, I did a JKS long arm kit, and I uh, converted some Dynatrack axles, and uh, built sliders and cage and, and all easy stuff anybody yeah. can do in their garage yeah. no big deal and uh <laughs> and we actually created some really cool products Absolutely. for the colorado from that um and that was super fun we took that on that trip and uh and then probably the year after that 
uh, we built the the orange tug truck, yep. the Dodge. Yeah. Um, uh, for for and both for, of, I believe both of those were on the cover of Peterson's Four Wheel Off Road, right? Yeah, both of them were on the cover. Um, we Le- also legitimate cover truck builder right here. <laughs> we also built the the dumpster. Yeah. So that was prior to actually those two builds. That was actually my first build with Fred, which. Uh, I, I thought Fred was absolutely insane when he brought this military truck. And True said, story. We're going <laughs> to three-link this. So I'm going to drive this. And, you know, we made a... We made a, a you almost tried to do his voice there, right there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you, no he has a very unique Fred's voice, voice yeah. right? You know, throw your hands up in the air right. and do a little Toyota jump yeah, or something. Yeah, right. Jump with pie <laughs> yeah. around you and stuff. So, but, uh, you know, I, I, I love Fred. He's, he taught me a lot about, uh, you know, building off-road vehicles, sure. too, and what works and what doesn't. And, um, and you've you know, run the gamut. You've built a little bit of everything. Well, what's uh, what's the bread and butter today? So, uh, in about five years ago, I started uh, Tilden Motorsports. So up until that point, the bread and butter is just lift kits and engine installs, and you know, first gen Camaro LS swaps and Chevelle swaps, and um, just being really universal and just being, you know, especially during the downturn in the economy, yeah. we just, we were growing, which was a real surprise. I was able to buy a building um, and it was really, it was just uh, over, under promising and over delivering and just trying to get, uh, get my name out there um, and working those crazy hours and pushing my guys as hard as I could. And, um, you know, just trying to get everything in the balance and, and keep my wife, my wife. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and, and so we did all that. And if you, if anybody's ever been part of an ultimate adventure build, you know, it's, it's, you know, hurry up and wait. And then all of a sudden yeah, let's all do it all right now, out, you know? Yeah, right. So, um, you, kind of, you kind of grow a, a shell that helps you adapt and adhere to those things. Um, and then, you know, following through. So around, around that time, about five years ago, I wanted to have something scalable. You know, I realized that my business was purely limited by the workforce and, what we do is highly skilled labor. I, mean, I don't just need a welder. I need a guy that can weld. I need a guy that can do wiring. I need yeah. a guy that can do an install. I need a guy that can mount and balance tires. I need. I need. There's more a reason a lot of that's labor. done at shops. Um, yeah, and so it's uh, it's a, it's a challenge to find that skilled labor. Um, but I also wanted to create a product line, and so throughout building all these and finding figuring out solutions to put these LS engines, five threes, six O's. Um, people started asking me, hey, can you supply an engine? Can you supply an engine? So um, our main bread and butter today is not only doing the installs and everything, but we uh, we have uh, takeout packages. We have new engine packages. Um, and then I build quite is, a few. Does that come with all the pieces you need to install it into a vehicle? So you're doing the motor mounts? Is it all like turnkey that? or no? Well, so we don't use the word turnkey. We use the word ready to run. That's, yeah, okay. that's, we coined that term. Um, and so a ready to run engine is... Um, our main core business, and this is worldwide. This is in Germany and Indonesia wow. and France and, wow. um, and, and locally. And so um, I buy uh, 2000 to 2013 SUVs and trucks from auction, rollovers, wrecks, theft recoveries. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we extract the drivetrain right there, uh, engine transmission. Uh, we recycle the rest and then we take it through a 30 point inspection so if it doesn't meet our criteria it doesn't get sold to a customer it goes to our rebuild program okay and so uh, mileage is a factor conditions a factor um, but we created a system to where we bring these engines we clean them test them we have an in- in-house test stand uh, we build a brand new harness for it flash the computer and we sit it, it gets started on this engine stand and run and we send the customer a video here it is running. Here's all the vitals. 
pay us. Oh, that's <laughs> we'll cool. Ship it, right? Okay, right. Um, and so there's no, and for us, the whole goal on that is trying to make sure the end user had the least uh, problem on there and getting it set up in their vehicle, right. having it be ready to go, um, and keep us from spending all our days on the phone trying to figure out what they're doing wrong. So it would literally, it'll literally show up, you order a ready to run engine from us, whether it's a takeout, a brand new one, or a race engine, it comes to you harnessed, pre-ran, tested, with a, a 30 point inspection sheet, and it's a four wire hookup. So if you can hook up a car stereo, I'm talking power, ground, constant, you know, key power, um, you can you can do this. And so we, subsequently, we've created a product line. We do fuel plumbing kits, a California compliant one. Oh yeah, that's uh, a huge. 49 state one. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, we do cross member kits, motor mount adapters. We've been having a ton of uh, emails lately with uh, and Facebook comments with people asking to have somebody come on who's a specialist in engine swaps, especially LSs. So we should have right. Kevin back on and really delve into like what the pitfalls are for the average guy who wants to do LS swap because I think there's a, a ton of knowledge that we probably can't even get into here. Are you ever in Southern California? I am constantly in Southern California. <laughs> we would love to yeah. have you stop by our Santa Ana Absolutely. studio. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a little rinky dink. Yeah. It's got a uh, it's got a couch that you Casting may or may couch. not yeah, oh, you may I or may not want to sit there. Oh, you do. I know about the couch. Okay. I the ants are gone though. I've sat in worse, trust me. <laughs> yeah, some cars are probably worse. Uh, I, yeah. I did I did put ant traps out about three weeks ago. And it worked. And, and we have we've a bunch of dead ants and yeah. no live ones, so sure. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have you stop by. Oh, wait, before we do that, let's give out your socials and, and the site so people can investigate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, pacificfab.net and uh, tiltonmotorsports.com. And then what's your uh, social media, Instagram or Facebook, any of those? Uh, same. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we we definitely want to do an episode where we delve into especially LS swaps because we've been getting a ton of interest on it. And honestly, I think people are are genuinely curious why you would want to swap an engine or even how hard it is or or what are the things you need to look for. It sounds too daunting for probably most, most people. people. Sure. Right. It's really not, though. I mean, for me, if you have, especially a GM platform that already had a small block, big block Chevy, even an inline six in it, it doesn't make sense for me to spend the time, energy, and money to build antiquated technology. Right. Right. Um, and and the gains. We're not talking about. Hey, it's it's kind of better. Yeah. We're talking like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so much better. Well, and I've been in I've been in engine <laughs> swaps before where uh, it wasn't tuned right or wasn't great for the vehicle, and so it made a lot of noise, but not a lot of motion. Sure. And so really going to somebody who knows how to tune the entire drivetrain, so you don't have a car engine swapped into a truck that has a car transmission that doesn't get the you know all that kind of stuff well, comes into play. Yeah, sure. You just came up with our new uh, our tour, our podcast tour. Podcast tour? Yeah. We're, when we do a national yeah. podcast tour, it's called Noise in Motion. Noise in Motion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, li I like that. There, are they opening up for anybody? No, no. That's okay. us. That's us. We're, we are the podcast. Yeah. Truck Show Podcast Noise in Motion Tour. Well, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, man, I, we, I know you got a ton of stories, and sure. we'd like to have you come down in the studio. And we're not uh, inundated with uh, a million SEMA people. This has been cool. It's, do you like? Do you enjoy this, or is it just too oh, no, crazy? I'm, I'm, this the podcast? No, no, the oh, SEMA. No, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I've been doing in the industry for you know twenty plus years now, and been coming here for um, 10 now so right um, it's uh, it can be super overwhelming and if, if you ever get to come through a business and, and, and you come through the proper channels and you get to be here uh, be prepared don't think you're gonna do it in a day no don't think you're gonna do it in two days um, you might not see everything in the, in, in the full week and sure don't don't try to either you know and don't so, wear new shoes yeah wear old comfortable shoes that are broken in absolutely yeah very true pro tip 
Pro tip. Pro tip from the truck show. Do not wear sandals. Do you? I saw a guy with flip flops. I saw a couple people. I saw hey, a guy. Hey, Wayne's here with flip flops on, or well, uh, Tevas. He's where usually, yeah. yeah, usually has Tevas on. I, I'm curious why everybody. What's the sudden move for Birkenstocks everywhere? Oh, I that's thought we were bad. done with those, we, and now they're back. As long as I don't see Crocs, because I'll just straight punch you. You hate Birkenstocks more than Crocs, or Crocs more than Birkenstocks? Uh, Crocs are the worst. Okay. Crocs. Crocs are ridiculous. Are they Crocs shoes? Yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell you what I'm wearing then. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some manly boots on there. Yeah. There you go. All, All right, right, man. we we got to have you down, so let us know next time you're in SoCal. And, uh, again, uh, Tilden Motorsports and Pacific Fab. Absolutely. All Thank right, you. Man. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Holman, you set for our next interview? Uh, yes, I am. Give me the intro. All right, so here's the deal. We've promised this for a while. We've had uh, conversations about it, and uh, we talked about racing Nissan Titans. We have. And somebody tagged a certain person on our Facebook and said, that's my buddy Walter Cheney. And we are like, okay. So uh, reached out and said, hey, dude, do you want to be on the podcast? He goes, yeah. And so we tried, but before SEMA, we were also busy. He's at SEMA. In our booth, in Lund, right and now. And Kablamo, here we here are. Here we are. In person. In person. In person. So, dude, seriously, racing Nissan Titans. Right? Like, How did that happen? How did you get started? It doesn't make a lot of sense, No, no, but it's cool. Tell us more about it. So, it, it starts out with somebody else you know. It almost never happens, I guess, yourself. Like, I'm just going to race one day. You're watching somebody or you're inspired by somebody else. So, my story starts with my brothers, two older brothers. Ford Chevy Dodge. That's what we had back, you know, mid 90s, early 90s, late 80s. So I'm watching my brothers race these trucks, mud bogs, mud drags, okay. whatever they could do. And where's this happening? And this is happening in New York. New so York. We're in New York. We're in the backcountry, local fairs, the small town stuff. We're racing. A lot of racing originated in small town. People, people forget that aren't from New York that it. It's not just Manhattan. Oh, and they the have no idea. Uh, upstate New York that's, is that's amazing. One, yeah. Beautiful. It's green. Some of the best drives you'll ever go on is going up the Hudson River. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep going north. It yep. just gets better the further north you go. Uh, agreed. So, you know, with, with that being said, it sets up a storyline of this little kid watching his older brothers do things that are just crazy awesome. You know, loud exhaust, mud on the tires, just every night in the garage, just working on them, trying to make them better. Okay, I like that. So, I'm inspired. And by the time I turned 16 years old, I was tearing trucks apart in my yard, ripping big block Ford engines out of like a Thunderbird to throw it in my truck because I wanted a 429. <laughs> nice. You know, I didn't want a 390 anymore. I wanted a yeah, 429. 429. Yeah, yeah, I wanted something crazy. They rev better than a 460. So as a little kid, I'm learning the ins and outs of the hard work aspect of trying to make a truck or anything you want to race be stronger, sure. be faster. So that kind of was where it started. So now I'm this kid growing up racing different things. It's just not just trucks, cars, old, you know, Volkswagen GTIs, drag racing, going to Canada, 18, 19 years old, drag racing them. No internet, keep in mind everybody, no internet. So you're grabbing a hot rod, you're grabbing whatever magazine you could find at the local newsstand in a small town. Yep, absolutely. And you made a lot of your own stuff. So, you know, that's a kind of a, a neat thing for me is most of the stuff, very poor family, we made everything, we didn't buy anything. So when Nissan come into the picture, this was a huge transition. One of my brothers, my brother Alex Cheney, decided for whatever reason, like, I'm gonna go buy a new truck this year. So we're thinking, he's gonna buy a Ford. We're primarily a Ford family, but we did own Chevys and Dodges. So he shows up this one day with a Nissan Titan. 
and I can tell you right now. Did not go over well with like, family? What were you thinking? <laughs> really? He's like, oh yeah. And he's like not the kind of guy that's like the tech guy or the super knowledgeable guy. He just liked the truck. He drove the truck and said, no, I'm telling you, you guys are going to like it. Good lines. Great. Yeah. Yeah. For the time, this thing looked well, great. Well, it had a great engine. You know, yeah. 32 valve V8. But we bolting. didn't know. Yeah. We right. just knew it was a rice truck. Yeah, like, you sure. know, If I had a bowl of rice, I'd have threw it out on the day he brought it home. <laughs> it was that funny. So that summer, we played with a little bit. We ride in it. I realized this thing's crazy. Yeah. Like, keep in mind, back in like 2004, it was, it was a the big first year, deal when it came out. That thing would run a Mustang GT down. Yeah. In that era, that's how nuts it was. We're like, and people, it sounded good doing it because they did. had that awesome exhaust on it from the factory because they did. wanted to replicate that Flowmaster sound, which is freaking crazy. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So everyone was in shock that saw the truck and rode in it. Could you imagine the first guy in a Mustang that got beat by a Titan when it came it by? It had how, to have oh, hurt. It had yeah. to have hurt. And it happens to this day. <laughs> so, so just kind of grasp that. So we show up at our first local fair truck pull to pull our Fords. I got a Ford, my brother's got a Ford. So we're out there and we're convinced, hey, you know, pull your Nissan, pull your Nissan. He's like, ah, I'm not doing it. We're like, come on, don't be a chicken. I'm like, listen, he goes, You're baiting you pay him. for it. You pay for it, I'll pull it. Okay. Doesn't he win the pull? No way, really. Keep in mind, as he's hooking up to the sled, the truck pull, people are laughing at him. Oh, it's audible, uh, the right? The audience I, I, is like, yeah. oh, oh, here we go. Were there people booing oh, in the audience? Yeah. It was just crazy fun. Crazy. Everyone's uh, doing love it out of fun, but it was like, love what are story. you doing here with this Nissan? And he literally walks out the end, and I, we're all experienced. Yeah. And He's out the back gate and heading down the road with the sled attached. feelings. <laughs> And, and he's your own blood, oh damn yeah. it. Never have, has he let us live <laughs> that moment down. It kind of sticks with me. So, you know, the face value, don't judge something by its cover. Yeah, yeah. Anything can be neat, fun, can be cool. If you put enough time into it, you have the right thing to start with in any aspect of life. So I fell in love with this truck. I looked at it, you know, what was it about? I started learning where the VK56 was. Yep. Potential. I'm still young. As I got older, I was able to purchase my first truck. In between then, my other brother, his name is Faye, F-A-Y, no E, he loves that. <laughs> he had purchased one. So my brother had an 04. He's Did got your it. parents name him that to make him tough? I don't know. Well, <laughs> it was my grandfather's name, so it kind of carried oh, okay. down the okay. school right. names, right. right? Fair enough. So, so he, yeah. No disrespect he, he had, to Grandpa. No, he had no, he had no choice <laughs> or no chance. He just had the name. So with that being said, my brother Alex had 04. He had an 06. Both trucks are amazing. They're not letting us down. They're not breaking. We're abusing them. I mean, we're small town back road guys. You know, we're doing dumb stuff. We're towing stuff we shouldn't be. We're putting them in the mud. Your like fields you shouldn't be, shouldn't be in. Yeah. They, so they're getting worked and they're lasting. So I'm like really intrigued at this point. To the point where I trade in my very nice Mach 1 Mustang wow. for Ooh. beautiful Mustang with like 7,000 miles on it for a 2008 Nissan Titan. And that truck just flat out blew me away. Wow. Was, in 08 was that transition where they had a little more power. They have red match shifting. You know, you downshifted it and it revved up, sounded yeah. cool. But man, the truck worked. All the bugs seemed to be coming out of the yeah. thing. Yeah, well, there were some early issues in the 04s and 05s, absolutely. and, and it, they, yes. they were pretty quick. You know, there's some brake runout issues. There was the, the Dana 44 in the back was sort of undersized and they would get cooked, you know, and so they put in a different fluid spec and, a, and fin diluminative cover. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, they, they, made, they some continuously things. made some improvements. And the, those middle years of that generation were genuinely solid, good trucks. They're so good. I just went out and bought an 04 this year for, really? two, for two grand. 
Yeah, wow. And put a bunch of money into it. I love this thing. Yeah. 150,000 miles, original, all kinds of stuff on it. I just did brakes and some sure. some chassis stuff. The truck's fun. Yeah. And this truck to me is a 30,000 hour truck, easy today because yeah. of what it does. You start it, it runs great. Even today's standards yeah. with all these new high horsepower trucks. Right. Those trucks are fun. And it to had drive. A, a five speed automatic when everybody else had a four, also, right? Yeah, had a five, back then, had a five speed yep. automatic, which was kind of nice. Yep. But now, though, know, the transition's kind of gone the other way, but the trucks for what they were were amazing. Yeah. So, as far as me racing that truck, my racing career with Nissan it pretty much started at that point. I'm going to start truck pulling. So, you don't do very well. It's a new <laughs> truck to me. Yeah. My brothers owned them, but I never really owned one and did my own homework with it. So you start out in any racing industry, doing the best you can, getting a little better every learning, time, yep. hopefully learning. Tire, tires, engine, RPM, throttle, Everything. Yeah, all that stuff. Truck pulling is like any racing aspect. Every little thing can be a win or lose. So in doing this, I, I bring the truck from you know a 10th place to 7th place finish to top five. Before you know it, we're top three. And then one day, randomly, my brother calls me up and he goes, hey, Nissan's got this big rebate on the Pro 4X. You ought to trade yours in, your payment will go down. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Man, <laughs> and a warranty. Payment goes down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had a new warranty. My truck was only a year and a half old, but I went up picking up a 2010 Pro 4X. I'm like, it's got better gears. It's got yeah. all this cool electric lock Nicer interior. Stuff, yeah. Beautiful interior. Well, that's what did it. Yeah. So I bought this truck, and I'm telling you right now, as you guys know, there's like this factory freak trucks. You just buy, you can buy 10 F-150s yeah. and one, one just one, yeah. is like, we've driven it, I think. Yeah. drove it ever? Yeah. It's crazy. Same truck as, you know, my yeah. cousin Bob's, but it For runs circles reason, it, around yeah. it. That was Venom. Wow. That okay. truck from day one, at that point we had owned a bunch of them, like maybe six of them in the family. That Titan outdrove the rest. Wow. And to this day, we don't know why. It just was amazing. So as I started to pull that truck, my brother, Faye, was pulling his 2010 okay. and could not beat me. Same huh. trucks, same setups. Identically. It, was, it wasn't the driver. Because <laughs> he nods his head. But, you know, he, he did everything right. He just, the, the, for whatever reason, Venom just seemed to do its job. Huh. And people started to notice. And that was like the little people, like our local small town, you know, food vendor or grocery shop, whatever you want to call them, or a little gas station. They'd be like, hey, you know, congratulations. And then I started being like, you know, I want to keep doing this. This is great. And it's expensive. Help me. So expensive. Like, you cannot afford to do it expensive if you want to do it more than a couple times a year. If you want to go out and grab your truck, hook up to a sled, truck pull, it's fun. If you want to try to do 20, 30, 40 venues a summer, it's expensive. For anybody who's yeah. never done sled pulling, I will tell you, I, I was like... Which, by the way, is most of our audience. Right. Yes. You're just kind of like, whatever. There's a bunch of guys hooking to a trailer and driving on a dirt track. I will tell you, it was it is one of the most fun forms of truck racing that you can do. Why hasn't it, it made to Southern California? Like, what is... nowhere to race. We could make a racetrack easy. It's you not that long. Make one, but yeah. But I, no one has. Why is I, that? Because there's no place to race. I don't think that's the real reason. Well, I I'll, think it's I'll, because our Southern California pompousness, <laughs> we snub our nose at tractor pole because it has the well, word tractor, tractor in exactly. it. That's why it's sled pole. That's the, 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 the new marketing. You need, all you need is 400 feet. You it's need awesome. 400 yeah. feet of flat you need a football. You need a football field, including the end zones. But yeah. it's seriously like one of the most fun things I've ever watched. And I love, anytime I can pick up a sled pole if I'm out and about or diesel power challenge or whatever, it's, I, I love it. I love watching sled pole. I just, it's, it's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. To, to, go, to not go fast and enjoy watching something that's not real like, okay, they're not doing 100 miles an hour. Right. It's incredible. But it's full audience. throttle. It's, it's traction. It's, it's yes. different tire sets. 
setups. It's, it's you know, do you lock out the rear? I mean, there's just so many things that go into and it. And they blow up engines. Oh, and they, they, oh yeah. And they sound glorious, and, yeah. yeah. Drive trains. I remember a diesel power challenge one year. We watched a compressor wheel shoot out of the uh, stack exhaust. Yeah. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Glad that didn't hit anybody. So is this your career now? It's not my career. Okay. This is the interesting thing. My career is I'm a head mechanic for my local school district. Okay. Very small, 600-plus kids, very small town, small school. That's all I do. I work on school buses to your weed whackers. Okay. That's my career. But I'm set as far as I have retirement. I got a future. I got medical for my family. Good for you, man. So now that that's in place yep. and I don't have to worry about too much, Go have fun. I can take all my free time that my family will allow me, and we put it into racing. <laughs> now, do you have summers free like most I do school? not. You do I not. I work all year. Oh. So if the rate, mo- thank the Lord, most races Is this are your on partner weekends. in crime right here? This is my wife, Amber, right here, who also races, by the way. Awesome. What? Yes. She has her own truck. Yeah. Is it also microphone. a Titan? Why are we talking to you? It's not. It's actually a Chevrolet. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take that mic back. <laughs> yeah. We, we get that sometimes. But yeah, it's it's... It, it got to the point where we needed help. My, my wife's a Dodger fan. I'm an Angel fan. So, you oh, know, so I, I, totally you totally I totally get it. <laughs> but do you have to like go to the Dodger games with her? Uh, she has forced me because my dad's also a Dodger fan, and they have forced me along for the ride. And I'm like, just fine. Once so a year. Do you invite the, the Dodger players to your house and have to feed them? Well, I don't have to do that, thank okay. God. <laughs> so I had are worse. I had to buy her the truck, and then I had to build the truck. And now I maintain her truck. <laughs> yeah. And it's not That's a good song. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, She's probably she a keeper. You might be a keeper. She does help. All right. She's giving me the look like, right. I do something. Well, you know, that's funny because uh, my wife says that our 10-month-old looks 100% like me, as do most people. And they say, I, I, she's like, I did all the work. And I'm like, nah, you didn't do all the work. <laughs> I did a little bit. I did a little bit. She'll give you 10%. You did 10% <laughs> yeah. of the work. Now, did you meet, did you guys meet uh, racing or? Actually, you... we met through my work. Oh, okay. Yeah, my wife was in outside sales and she came in to. What were you selling? Like Fram, FL1A, Oil filters or something? Industrial supplies. Industrial supplies. Okay. okay. So Got nuts, it. bolts, all that kind of stuff. And you saw this greasy-ass dude come out from under <laughs> yeah, a bus. Yeah, yeah, And you're like, hmm, I wonder if he cleans up nice. <laughs> and you look over and you're like, some hot chick's checking me out. Yeah, like, right? what, yeah. Do I have something on my face? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, no, this, our story is extremely interesting, and you guys would love it. It's an entire podcast all on its own, oh, and trust me. We, we may oh have to have gosh. Walter back Yeah, because you would love that story. Okay. She saved you from some kind of a uh, crazy blimp accident or something? No, you were in a dirigible. You second dirigible blimp comment today. Because it's a funny way to die. That's why. If you die die in a blimp. Come up with a new one. No. I like that. Uh, here's one. what happened. Okay. He had a school bus up on a hoist, right? Yes. And it was a it was a it was a uh, two poster. Yeah. And he had it a little bit too uh, too far uh, back. Right. And it was tipping backwards. And it was going to crush all the school children that had just gotten off the bus before it broke and went on the lift in oh the my gosh, uh, maintenance what happened? yard. What happened? And she walked over there with one arm and lifted up the rear bumper and steadied it. Oh, with it. all that adrenaline all power. The, all the kids got out. Right. And he was able oh, to oh, lower so the did, post. Did she scoop away all the kids yeah. with her right arm with and her yes, left arm? Yes. Had the, the That's bus what I'm envisioning. Right. Right. That story is almost as good as I was. <laughs> like, I'm impressed. <laughs> all right. Here's the deal. Uh, email us at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And if there's enough people who say they want to hear the story, what are we going to do? Oh, we'll call you up story. and we'll get it. Yeah, we'll okay. get it. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. fair enough. Right. I, just, just between you and I. Way too hot for you. I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah, you're punching above your above your pay grade, dude. She proposed to me. Whoa. Well, then anyone well, should. Yes. She's definitely drunk all the time, yes. then. <laughs> Heavy drinker. Yeah. Oh. She was on crack that night. Yeah. Is that what that's called? Did you yeah. wake up the next yeah. morning and, and, and look at your ring and go, 
what the hell is that? <laughs> oh my I get this Lord. a lot. Oh. It's totally okay. It's okay. Sure my, my, my wife has uh, two masters and a doctorate from USC, so I, I too. Uh, and yeah. look at his beard. Seriously. Right? <laughs> no, the beard's not bad. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Yours is well kept, though. It's thin. I know. Yeah. I try. Well, mine's not well. Holman's is, I guess yours is well kept. It's, it's been, just, listen, it's not that long because it doesn't have the curl in it yet. You know when it gets really long, it's got It's going to look ridiculous. Curl. No, yeah. it's shorter yeah. than it was last year. So, yeah. anyway. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to have you back on for that story. No, you're going to love the story. It's a good story. And so where are you today with your Nissan racing career? So let's jump ahead. So we, we jumped ahead from 2010 to now. So we're almost nine years into this. So the media is everything. We've learned that if you Thank want you. to grow, everybody that wants to be part of what you're doing needs something in return. And the way I've approached it is, I don't, I'm not saying it's, it's new, or it's just my way. My way is, if you guys want to sponsor me, I don't want your sponsorship. I want you guys to be part of my family. And what Parker. that means is, whatever you're going to do to help me, A, we appreciate, but I need to be able to do something for you. If I'm not giving you something in return, whether it's sales or exposure or whatever it may be that you need, then don't stay with us. Yeah. Because it's not fair. Yeah. You know, it's like you working for me in my shop and then I'll pay you. That's yeah. not how the world works. So with that mindset, I've really put the hours in and my whole family has to make sure that if somebody jumps on board and joins our team, and we have some big names like MagnaFlow and Nitrous Express, uh, BBC Racing. Good we job. Have crazy people that you would never think would sponsor this small town family. With and, a Titan. And I'll tell you right now, I'll mention him on here, uh, Rich Waitis from MagnaFlow. I had a conversation with him on the phone one time, and he goes, Walt, you are so unique in the fact that not only do you do what you say you're going to do, you follow through with it, and you push the limits. You are doing something that yeah. nobody in the entire world has done. I and have it a lot hit of me so hard. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal for people. I mean, even Lightning doles out sponsorships for, for his job. My, one of my best friends, Lawson, works for uh, AEM Electronics. Same deal. And, and a lot of times, they won't do the free parts up front. They'll, they'll do a discount until you prove yes. yourself. Yes. And then they'll give you the deal. Because a lot of people are all talk. And to, to have somebody who stands by their word and follows through is a huge deal. That's a huge thing. That's what keeps... Because one of the biggest things I get, because our trucks, you've seen them, they're all sponsored up. There's a lot of names on a lot of them. They're big NASCAR looking. For and, and one of the reasons is people like that look, and the second reason is it gives a little back visually for a sponsor. Sure. Sure. So my number one question is, well, how do you get sponsors? And I tell them, look, you approach anybody, approach your local gas stations. Hey, can I get some money for gas for I want to go race? If you do that, you got to put a post up. Thank you, Mr. Local Gas Station, yeah. for what you did. I appreciate the support. Start small. Start small. Get a reputation. Right. That's right. And you, But they don't understand. This is 28 years yeah. for me. So this has been a lot of work over 28 years. Right. I've had a lot of people drop out. People come back. You get new huge sponsors. They stay for a few years, and they change their focus, and you lose them. New ones jump on board. You have to change with the times yeah. every year. Absolutely. But I am, I am blessed to have the following that I have right now. I'm telling you, just today, being here at SEMA, We've approached a few different vendors that are 100% jumping on board. That's great. Changes for next Congrats, year's. Man. They're gonna well, blow. They're gonna blow. We have like things like Boost. We have maybe some right. stuff in the workings with some companies. Sure. Add some crazy stuff that we could never afford ourselves yeah. to do. That they're like, yeah, we're gonna make something work. Well, we're gonna follow you, and we wish you the best because we're just stuck, a as a listener and and b just seeing your success out there is fun for us. And so I, I've always loved the underdog. So for me, it's right. like, I, I just, I love the story. I do have to ask you one really important question. Absolutely. School buses, Thomas yes. or Bluebird? For school buses? Yeah. 
Would you be upset if I said neither? Oh, no. Ooh, wait, because those are the only two school bus com conversion companies I could think of. I'm, what, I'm okay. just, wait, wait, wait. Oshkosh. No. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing is like, just like we love our things in, in the truck space, yeah. you know, him working for, you know, doing maintenance on these vehicles. Like, Every day. Is there like, are there a school bus fanboys? What What's the it's brand? A, is it Prevost or I, I have Beaver or Prevost one of those? Or like, I don't know. Bus, who make, well, I don't know who makes right. school buses. So, so this is my opinion only. Okay. All the buses are good. Great. Some buses stand out to be a little safer, a little nicer to work on. They all have their ups, their pros, and they all have their cons. Are we talking about school buses? We yeah. absolutely are. Okay, all right. So, and I'm telling you from experience. I have to know this. I like IC buses. International buses, to me, oh. are the nicest looking, easiest to work on with the nicest interior. Now, when I say interior, I mean when the driver's sitting in the seat driving these kids, everything's reachable. Nothing feels like it's from the 80s. Like, Bloober buses are very good buses. Shout out to IC buses. They feel... They feel <laughs> too old it's, it's not because nothing's changed in so long right so long yeah. i mean they changed the nose yeah, design yeah, yeah. i mean i see for me it just come around like we buy from leonard bus company those guys and again as you know any product the service has to be there with the product you can make a great bus but if you don't follow through and have good parts have them available what good is the bus and that's why we chose Leonard Bus Company. IC is just fantastic. This is why people are sponsoring you, because you're passionate. Look, he's very, passionate about very. what he does. He's passionate about school buses. Amen. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it, here's something I was told years ago by my father. This is a guy I grew up with. My dad's still alive, bless his heart, but he's old school. Like, all yeah. he did is work. Yeah. Dad didn't take you fishing and spend a weekend. He worked. He worked. Yep. He sat me down one time when I was a senior high school, and he goes, son, I want to tell you something. He goes, there's two roads in life, and it seems like you might be headed down one of the wrong roads. And there's only one wrong road. And I don't want you to take that one wrong road. He's like, you have to dedicate yourself to something. And he told me, my dad was a custodian at the school district I work yep. at today. Okay. He goes, I don't care what you do for a living. He goes, I don't care if you mop floors yep. or you own a corporation. Yep. He goes, whatever you do, do it 100%. And do it with pride. That was it. It was like this little two-minute, three-minute conversation. Good for him. I got goosebumps to this day. When I say it, I get goosebumps, it like... I hope your dad's voice or dad's words are reaching thousands and thousands of people right now. And somebody goes, you know what? I can use that advice. It doesn't matter what you do. There's Structure people podcast. that are, there's, there's janitors out there that have just loved their job so much. They've doesn't matter the what corporation. you do. It's Before true. you know it, 20 years later, they are, their administration and run the corporation. There you go. They started out on the ground floor. You just can't give up, no matter what it is. So we started out on the ground floor. We went up these stairs. <laughs> and we're up Listen, on top of the Lund booth right now. You're going places. Okay? Didn't, make us, didn't make us talented. It just meant we could <laughs> just walk upstairs. Just mean we were taller. We could see better. <laughs> Walter, That's dude, impressive. thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, uh, was, we will have you back on. Uh, we want to hear your other stories. So. Sanjay, it's, it's my honor to be here. I appreciate no, it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Have right. a great scene. Have a great rest of the week. The Truck Show. The Truck Show.